That's that's the thing that like social media has created this day and age is just like everybody reads like this little excerpt from some kind of influencer and they suddenly think they're a subject matter expert on it. But I don't know. I, I see like with her behavior, like with any woman out there, like what, what she did to you. Um, this is this is how intelligent women are like they they know the patterns of men. They know how men are. They know that, like we said before, and I want to rehit some things we already previously discussed to get the juices flowing, but they know how men are as far as being um, the types that want to repair shit, yada, yada, yada. But when she saw you being that way, when she saw you repairing the house, taking care of her and her child, financially providing for her, shit like that, she already knew your nature. And that's how most men are. That's how most alpha dudes are when it comes to wanting to have a family, provide for a family, take care of said family. And women can be so fucking manipulative that they will 100% take advantage of that because if we, we, we have to concede that we do live in a man's world. This is a man's world. It'll never be a woman's world. Women don't like hearing that because women will never admit to the fact that men gave them the right to vote. Men fight the wars. Men did the dick, dig the ditches. Women don't. Women are by far the weaker sex. They don't want to admit it, but these feminists out there, if it came to a, a just knockdown, drag out fucking physical match, they're going to get the shit kicked out of them. The only reason they're empowered is because men allow it. And that sounds very sexist, but it's just the facts. But women, and the reason I say that is, but women have have come to the understanding of if I want to survive in this man's world, there are certain characteristics or certain things I'm going to have to do to survive in it. This goes back to the fucking earliest days of mankind. Look at the Renaissance, for, for example, like Renaissance, very big into like, well, if I'm not married to this guy, I'm going to be, I'm not going to have a husband. I have no one to provide for me. I'm going to starve on the streets. There are women out there like your girl, your ex that did that to you because she's trying to survive. But it doesn't have to be that way anymore because they do have equal rights. You can go out there, you can get a job, you can provide for yourself. But she manip—I I won't say—I wouldn't say manipulated you, but she definitely would lie. She would be lazy. She'd be all from everything you told me. So when she allows that man to provide for her and then doesn't bring anything else to the table that makes him feel appreciated to fulfill any of his needs, be they emotional or specifically physical. I think men by far are far more physical when it comes to needs being met. You know, I, I can have my girlfriend say, I love you. Or when she comes in and she rubs my shoulders, gives me a back scratch or a home cooked meal, that means more to me. And it's not that her words are any less appreciated. It's just that in the hierarchy of needs, that's what I prioritize. And she saw, she saw what you wanted. You, you clearly said, this is what I need. And she didn't give that to you. But her biggest thing is if she didn't get what she wanted first, I don't want it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it was like, all right, well, pull the mic closer. If you want to get married, then I'm going to need to do X, Y, and Z. Right. And her response was, well, I'm not going to do those things for you unless we are married. It doesn't work that way. And it doesn't. It does not work that way. Like, that, that's also withholding. That's yeah. withholding yeah, affection. Withholding. That's withholding. Um, that's withholding love, mm-hmm. and that is another massive sign of manipulation. So she's very mani- manipulative, and but when you but then that was blamed on me. Yeah, it's like okay, you're not getting these things from me because you're not doing that. Yes, and I'm like, all right, well, you know, we're at a we're at a standstill here. Yeah, like there's no what's the path forward? Yeah. And there just wasn't one. Well, you can't because they're never going to concede anything. Yeah. They will never admit to any yeah. fault. That, that's when it comes to like. And then and the funny thing about that was, is like she wouldn't admit to fault, but she called me, you know, like that. I wouldn't be accountable for anything. And I'm like, gaslighting. Right, it's just gaslight. more gas. Well, I mean, yeah. here's the, the only you can know the truth on that. Yeah. And when I'm not men, saying I was if you're, perfect. Well, yeah, but, yeah. But when you, when you say, for example, the, the, the example given is like, if, um, if I say your pink hat that you're clearly not wearing is fucking hideous, uh-huh. is that going to resonate with you? 
No, because you're not wearing a hat. So when somebody says these things, when we, you know, we have, when the, when we hear a word or a statement, the first thing that hits in our brain is the emotional response portion. Logical comes second. That's what they say. Before you give a response, let it stew, rationalize it, Mm -hmm. then respond. Don't react. I do do get accused of, um, what I'm saying is that even if she accuses you of this, yeah. it should still go through the process of you evaluating, is there any truth or merit to what she says? Mm-hmm. If you evaluate it and you see that she's full of shit, then you can counter and say, no, that's clearly not true. Right. What you're doing now is classic deflecting using gaslighting. And that yeah. is a manipulative tactic. And I see that in a lot of women, but I also see it in men too. Men have yeah. different approaches to it. But the fact was like, she's going to tell you enough to keep you strung along. Yeah, I don't, I don't think anybody likes being talk to or yeah. they're being attacked right and i yeah. feel like when I, I i almost sometimes perceive all of that like hey we need to talk yeah. as an attack almost or it's like i'm doing something wrong where does that stem from i don't know i have the same thing that comes from my mom and i it could be that comes from my, my mom parents, is yeah. a big narcissist and and she knows it and, yeah. and i have very hard boundaries with her and uh i kind of feel like that but then also but in the back of my mind when i'm like oh we need to talk what do i start doing i start thinking about what, what did i do is, wrong what did i do wrong then the anxiety it? starts building and when with with this particular relationship i realized i was doing that in my marriage like a lot and that's probably what caused a lot of problems but when in when i started this relationship i was like okay i'm not going to do that mm-hmm. the first thing i did the first sort of argument that we had i was like when she says, I need to talk to you about something, I'm like, okay, what is it? Mm-hmm. You want it right then. Right then. Let's okay, so, but, you, right so then. But, I got, but here's the deal, though. So, number one, it's good that you've identified how you respond. I'm in the same fucking boat. I'm right there. When somebody says that, it instantly triggers this response of like, and I hate to say this, it sounds very childish, but it's like, wait till your dad gets home. Uh-huh. That's yeah. what it feels like, like I'm about to be punished. Yeah. So, in such as such identifying that about ourselves, we then have to create barrier, not barriers. I keep saying barriers. We have to create boundaries. So with Sheila, I tell her the same thing now. I basically say, I don't appreciate it when you say it like this, because this is the emotional response it elicits from me. And it's not your fault. You might not mean it that way. But if you could instead, when you say that we need to talk, first, make it perfectly clear, I've done nothing wrong. Yeah. Um, because instantly I assume guilt based upon like being a kid. I mean, it, it stems all the way back to then, mm-hmm. but it's just a matter of saying, look, uh, you know, it's, it's a give and take in any relationship. So you can tell her, it's like, when you will say things like, I want to talk, you, you've got to be a little bit more clear. You can't just sit there and leave somebody on a cliffhanger. How would it feel okay. if we went and saw Oppenheimer and you had no idea about what this was really about no and then ran and then there's no explosion. You're like, what the fuck? Yeah. So you can't, you can't do that in any relationship because I feel like it's very, it undermines it. It creates anxiety and that's not, that's not conducive to having a good productive that's, relationship. That's where it started. Like that was the first, like that, that was the foundation of the first argument was I was like, okay, what are we, what happened? What are we doing? Yeah. You know, all that. And it was, oh, I'm not, she goes, I'm not ready to talk about that. And I was like, okay, well, yeah. maybe give you a few minutes. And she's like, yes, okay, mm-hmm. all right. So we gave her a few minutes, come back to it. And then it was like, no, I'm not ready. All right, give her a few hours. And then it was like, no, I don't want to talk to you without, because she was like, I'm going to sound like an asshole. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I was like, I'm blunt. Just give it to me straight. Like, yeah. I just, that's how I want that. Mm-hmm. And still to this day, I really don't understand what that was about. Like I'm still confused about it because she know. talked in in riddles, and a lot of it could. I mean, to me, like, when you say something like that, okay, so it goes back to the fact that men are not as emotionally driven as women. Mm-hmm. Men can take it on the chin. I think yeah. by and large, when you sit down with a man and say, "Look, you're fucked up here," and that's mm-hmm. what I, that's what I loved about the army. It was direct. It was like, "Bro, you're mm-hmm. fucked up here. Fix this." Once you fix it, like you're good. We're we're, we're gravy. Yeah. But with women, like we talked about before, it's like. 
you can identify something wrong in the relationship on her side of the house very easily and in the situation you provided. But when you actually come with the approach, it has to be tactful. It's going to have yeah. to be like, it's the breadcrumb method. You've got to get her to understand where you're coming from, but she needs to feel like she's the one that kind of like mm -hmm. came to that understanding on her own. Or, I mean, realistically, it's just, it's all about like kind of, I don't like say pussyfooting around something, but you do have to kind of present it to them in a way that's not going to instantaneously cause an emotional response of, I didn't do that. Like defensiveness. Yeah. Well, the other underlying part of it was, so I was like, okay, what, let's talk. If you want to talk, let's talk. Let's do this right now. Very blunt, very plainly. Mm -hmm. But it was almost like, okay, she goes, I don't want to open up because I'm not comfortable. So it's like, okay, we have a problem, yeah. but now you're not comfortable. You'll bring it up. Well, the question is, I mean, why aren't you comfortable? Yeah. And it's, right. I could never really like, it's like, right. do you not feel safe? Do you not feel like you're going to yeah. hurt? Like, right. what is it? And it's right. like, we could just know. I could now never that right there, that, that is a massive red flag because I've ran into that same situation before to where it was communication. Mm -hmm. I, I told the person, I was like, look, I have created an environment of, and that person even has even told me, he's like, I feel safe and comfortable telling you these things repeatedly. So I know they felt okay in the environment that I created in that space of that relationship. But when there would be no certain communication, I was left in the dark, I had to confront them and say, look, here's the deal. I know that uh, I've made you feel safe. I've made you feel that you can trust me, that you can tell me what you need to tell me without having an emotional response right off the bat. You said on occasion, multiple times, you appreciate the fact I'm so patient with you. It's like, but when you withhold communication, mm -hmm. after you've said, I've created that nest that you're comfortable in and you still don't communicate, the issue is with you now, right. and I don't want you in my nest right. because if I'm going to do all this work to provide this this environment of openness, trust, caring, understanding, and love, and you still aren't going to trust me enough to open up and communicate, it, it can even go back to the whole thing of we need to talk, and you still continuously do these things, that basically means that person is still dealing with their own baggage, and they shouldn't be in a relationship. Yeah, and that's how I felt. I started to feel like, okay, well we can't communicate for those very reasons. Yeah. It's like, if you're, you're not ready to communicate, yeah. I'm trying to work on my own stuff and mm -hmm. I'm trying to, I've identified, okay, I have a problem with, mm -hmm. you know, sitting down and actually talking about something. And you know, that's the problem though. As a man, you don't, yeah. you ain't got time to do that shit. Right. Men are supposed to lead. We're supposed to be the alpha fucking males. Yeah, Andrew Tate and the rest of them, they all want to talk about alpha male, alpha male, yeah. but there's so much that goes into, say for example, your career, your own personality, the things that I think men, once you hit a certain age, you start to really take account of, Am I the man I want to be? Right. So you start investing in yourself. So while you're on this journey of being a leader, of being not only just a, a leader, a good leader, an effective leader, a leader that creates the nest that a woman would want to, uh, to, to nest in, to create a family, whatever the case may be, while you're on this journey, now you got to deal with her bullshit. Mm -hmm. And you ain't got time for that. So that's yeah. why I tell these people, it's like, look, if you're not ready to be in a relationship, you shouldn't be in a relationship. Go find a fuck buddy to get those needs met. That's fine. But don't you dare open the fucking door of emotion and then slam it shut in that man's face when he's sitting there saying, I'm giving you my time. Yeah. I'm giving you this shit, but I'm also fucking on my, I mean, you run shell shock. I mean, so it's kind of like, this is a full-time fucking job. So yeah. when you're dealing with this on top of your own personal shit, and now you got to deal with her shit, it's mm -hmm. like, no, this is a you problem. And then you even use some of your own resources there to help go. this person. And, and If they are not capable or yeah. not capable, if they're not willing 
to work on themselves, to better themselves, to fix the emotional damage or trauma caused by previous relationships. And we've all got that. Yeah. There isn't a single motherfucker alive out there that does not have some kind of emotional baggage. Like dating in your mid to late thirties is very fucking difficult. You're not gonna find 100%. somebody out there that has this clean slate. It's all single moms, divorced moms, single divorced women. But it's like, you know what? I've been there, I get it. But it's like, are you fixed? Are you healed from the trauma? Because I do not like going into any relationship. And I think I'm pretty good about this. I will never project issues from another relationship oh, onto another woman. Cause it's yeah. like that saying says, you know, until you heal, you're going to bleed on people that didn't cut you and it's not yeah. fair to them. You, you, so when someone does that to you, you have to put down the boundary that says, no, you're not bleeding on me. You're, and you can pay for the, for the, uh, the past. Yeah, like you're the, you're the it's not your responsibility. No, and yeah. and any woman that would not, or even any man, you could apply either way. Any person that would not understand that just clearly shows they're not on their journey yet. Mm -hmm. They're still in that yeah, mindset I mean, of me, 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 me. Left that feeling like okay, I was the the healing relationship. I was the relationship she used. To heal. Yeah, and it's like well, I don't know. Sucks. I mean, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know. Either, but no, but I don't think it's healing because if you basically what you said that she still refuses to apologize. She says, I've done nothing wrong. Yeah. That means no accountability, no self-reflection, no introspect. So it's kind of like, I don't think and she's I, healing. I, I, I think it's, it's like, I think she's still bouncing. She's got to keep bouncing from be. dude. And that's fine. I don't really know. But yeah. that's just my assumption. It's like, it, well, I'm either the, the healing one or just yeah. one of the series. Um, but I'm just of the notion of like, if you, even if you don't feel like you were hundred percent wrong, it is still good to try to apologize for any wrongdoings that the person may have perceived. <clears throat> I, a little bit. But you're you going know, down a slippery slope on that one because then perception slope, is also could be skewed and bias. Yeah, but it's just. And then like, if you if, do that and you start building that pattern, they're going to expect that. Sure, sure. It can be a it, should, it can be a pattern, absolutely. Um, but I think there are some some situations where you may have done something that you didn't realize was wrong. Oh yeah, that's fair. That's but different. That's yeah, yeah, saying. yeah, absolutely. It's like, hey, I apologize for anything yeah, if I yeah. made you feel a certain way because I didn't mean to. If their perception is rooted and grounded yeah. in like logical reality, then yes, of course. Yeah. But if their perception is so outlandish that they're fishing for something to be offended by so they can throw something back at right. you, that's different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, that's different. different. But um, yeah. It was just like, hey, can we can we kind of move past this if you just mm -hmm. apologize for things? Because I was like, I'll do that if you do that. It's then. interesting you talk about healing relationships because my ex, uh, an ex-girlfriend, uh, she had been divorced. She'd been married for 10 years, mm -hmm. was divorced, and she'd been single for two years. And then we met on a dating app. And uh, she had two kids, which I, I was fine with. I was like, you know, I can deal with that. As long as they're raised okay, they're not little shitheads, that's fine. Um, but... That's what I was to her because I look back at how she treated me, the things that she would put me through emotionally, the things that she would say. And then the fact that I never felt like, uh, I got any of the love that I was giving to her. She told me at the end of it, she goes, I'm glad that I found you. I'm glad that we were together for the space that we were, because I feel like I can be loved. I do have value. I won't be looked down upon because I have kids. It's like, so I am thankful that you've at least provided me the uh, confidence to go out and date again, which I'm like, okay, that's great, but fuck me. Right. It's yeah. like, I did all this shit for you, but yeah. then you just, you, you know, yeah, when yeah, it comes yeah. to having my needs met or, you know, it's, it's just weird. It was one of those relationships that you can't really pin the blame on any single party that just, it doesn't work. But there are people that do come along that help, help that partner heal in a sense, but it's kind of like, that's why they always say never be the first person they date after a divorce because that's usually the person. I did the same thing with another lady I was dating. We only dated for a month, mm -hmm. divorced. Uh, she was single for about a year and a half. And when we started dating, 
within a week, I saw flags going up, just flags yeah. going up, emotionally insecure, all these things, but things that she had never realized about herself because she hadn't been back in the dating world before. Right. So it's kind of like going into this new frontier of like a new you, but you still have a lot of baggage from the old relationship that you didn't know you had until you're, you're forced to come to terms and accept or to at least see it. So when she, when we get into that relationship, I noticed that she was very, very emotional when it came, especially when she was drinking very, and that's, that's another that's, big, that's sign. big sign, big fucking sign. So when she was drinking, she would get very, very clingy. Like, please don't leave me. I, I love you. Oh, it's yeah. like, we've been together for two weeks. No, I'm, I'm gone. No, absolutely yeah, that, not. That's one of those scenarios where you just have to go. You have to. Yeah. And it, it wasn't, I wouldn't say it was easy. It, it sucked because even the fact that we were together for like a month, you still develop bonds. You, you still sure. develop those emotional sure, connections. Yeah. Uh, the sex was amazing. But it was that, uh, you know, I think as men, at least for me, I know that you, you hit a point in your life to where when we're younger, everything's with our dicks. Everything's with our dicks. We're going to, we think with our dicks. Then it gets to a point when you've accomplished enough, when you've worked hard enough, when you've built enough of an empire that you start to rely more on your head instead of your dick. And you start to understand these are the things that I need to make me happy. That's why I was running around for so long, fucking all these, because I wasn't really happy. Yeah. I was just chasing this idea of what I think male culture in America says I should be doing at this age. Mm -hmm. But when you get older, it's kind of like you start to shift your perspective in regards to, I still want that wild porn sex. I still want that. But I want an emotionally strong woman that's going to help me build this empire. That's going to help contribute to it, not tear it down. Right. Because it's like I can, you know, it's the same with like strip clubs. I don't understand strip clubs. Maybe the strip strip clubs are for ugly dudes. Yeah, ugly I, dudes I, I the king of their dicks touched. Either. It's um, like why am I gonna like, go out there? I can. Yeah, the thing is, like, I can get like that. that. I can get that anywhere. Yeah, I can go to a bar. I can pick up women. It's not difficult for me. Mm. But it's like I don't want that. I want a woman that has intelligence, that has love, that brings something to the table. That, like you said before, that's not issues. Like if you all you bring to the table is fucking issues, then I don't want you. Yeah, You're you an annoyance. You, You're a project. You bring, you bring that word up. It was funny it was when we started dating. Um, her mom asked her why she liked me, mm -hmm. and uh, she goes, "Well, he's not a project." And her mom's response was, "Well, does he know you are?" <laughs> <laughs> that there and, it is. And I there mean, it is. That that to me, I should have just probably taken that as a. A sign. Yeah, but moms can also but be mom, very. But, yeah. like, but at that time, I'm like, oh, it's just it's her mom, right? Yeah. And her mom's super critical of her and all that stuff. And yeah. so it's like, okay, well, I, I didn't, I didn't really take that. You gotta take it with a grain of salt, yeah. dude. I get that because so, moms, moms are fucking weird. Yeah. Moms can either be very spot on or very outlandish. Uh -huh. The boys like, you know, you look at them, it's like that's your family. It's like, okay, yeah. I'm really hoping the acorn, I mean, I, the acorn fell far from yeah, the tree on this judge, one. I try not to judge anybody no, yeah, by yeah, the yeah. family. You that's know, not fair. But, yeah, you know, it's it's kind of like after a while, you do start to learn somebody, and and it's like then you uh, you're yeah. like, okay, now now that's true. Yeah, you know, it's not just somebody's opinion. So. It, I, <laughs> I always hope, I always wonder rather if parents know they're that parent. I say that with quotations oh, because yeah, it's like, are, are you the one that the kids are kind of like, I mean, do parents that are cringe know they're cringe? Some it, may, it, it, I don't know, know but it's I think weird. others don't. I mean, like my, like my mom, she, yeah. she knows a little bit about herself, mm -hmm. you know, cause we point out things, but at the same time, no, she doesn't. My mom was very manipulative. Everything was, uh, she could never do anything for herself. 
Mm-hmm. She refused to do anything for me. I shouldn't say refused. She worked two jobs. I was a latchkey kid. So she definitely, she put food on the table. My dad left when I was young, but she, like her mother, was very like, oh, John, can you do this for me? And it's like, mom, I live four hours away. You yeah. can do this. It's always, it's like this the stereotypical Jewish mama. We're not Jewish. I guess I'll just lay here and die. It's like, oh God, here we go. So she tries the guilt trip approach, right. but very, very subtly. And that's why I don't like that shit. And I think a lot of the trauma that I'd say emotional trauma or a lot of the triggers I have come from my mother and the way she, and I'm not trying to fault her. She did the best she could. I I give her that, but it's like, this is the stuff that carries on through the generations. And that's why Mm -hmm. when, at least as a man, I can identify this, say like, this is a trigger. This is a red flag. Now I need to put in place boundaries around that red flag. Like in the military, they have like minefield markers. You got to put markers around that so that your next relationship, they understand that. You give them the roadmap to say, this is my emotional battlefield. These are the things that we don't step on. Uh, because, and, and you know, to me that, that you know, if I'm, if I'm dating a woman, <clears throat> excuse me, well, I mean, I am one, or I'm not a woman, Jesus. I am dating a woman. <laughs> I hope she's a woman. If she wasn't, I mean, the surgery is amazing. Sorry, Sheila, I love you. Um, no, it, it's like if I if I was to sit down on a date, whether it be the first, second, third, whatever, and she lays out this emotional roadmap that says, look, these are the things that are rooted in trauma in my life, and I, I would prefer to avoid them, and it, it makes sense. It's mm-hmm. like that, number one, tells me you have enough introspect yeah. and enough cognitive ability to identify the things that bring about those emotional triggers because you don't want to push that on me. I respect that. Mm-hmm. I can I can respect that totally. But it's when women are just kind of like, or men, you know, and when I say anything in this thing, it can apply to either sex, it's but it's yeah. when they just say, meh, it's whatever. And they let you walk through that minefield and you just stepped on one and it blows up. And you're like, where the fuck did this come from? There's two ways to approach that. It's either, hey, okay, we need to work on this or I'm fucking out of here. Because like you said with your girl, I'm not in the habit of fixing it. I don't want a project. My life is, it's going in a good direction. Yeah. I don't need the well, drama. I, think, I don't need the bullshit. I think I can handle a little. You know? uh, yeah, yeah. Everybody, yeah, life everybody happens. Everybody needs yes. something, right? Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, early on, I thought it was just life. You know, yeah. like losing the jobs and stuff like that. I was like, okay, this is a phase, right? Yeah. And then it was like... You know, this isn't fun. I told her, no, like, this yeah. isn't fun anymore. This no. is not a fun relationship because we can't go and do anything fun. It's yeah. always just, there's always a crisis going on. Yeah. And it's, a, to me, it, it became a self, you know, self-created crisis after yeah. a while. Oh, yeah. And so, but it's like when you offer up solutions, as any man likes to do, mm-hmm. and you get rejected on all of those solutions. Yeah. It's like, okay, well. You leave me with no options here. Now I'm she just, left herself with no options. Yeah, well, the mean, fact that you even cared enough to present these options she could pursue. And, you know, and I think that, again, that's the nature of men. Men are, like I said, we like to fix shit. We don't mm-hmm. like shit being broken in our house, in our lives, in our video. That's just how men are. But you can sit there, like, again, you can lead a horse to water. If she's refusing to drink, well, then fuck her. She's on her own. Let, right. her, let her die. It's let her, let her thirst to death. It's fine. But you can sit there and just, but how much... In that relationship you talk about, how much of your energy did you pour into it that could have been better served pouring into yourself to make yourself better, to find a woman that's going to appreciate you for the shit that you bring to the table? Because as we get older, as these women get older out there, I'm just going to preach the fucking truth on this one. As these basic sluts and hoes that are out there fucking every dude under the sun, all these party girls, when they start getting older and the hands of time start fucking speeding up and they realize like, okay, I don't have kids. I look back, I ain't got shit going for me. My looks are fading. Then I'm going to start looking for dudes like you. Right. 
But what they're behind the power curve on is emotional growth. They have none. Mm -hmm. And the other part of it is if you're in your 30s and you've got nothing to fucking show for it, that's a massive red flag to me that says you basically just fucked around in your 20s and 30s. Meanwhile, yeah. I didn't, but you expect me to take you on as a project? No, absolutely not. Yeah, just like you don't have time for that. I ain't it's got like time for that it's shit. below yeah. where you're at. Mm -hmm. and, um, I, had a, I had a thought in the middle of what you were saying, but... I mean, I think she was aware of a lot of things, but then also yeah. unaware of a lot of things. And that's like, I wasn't perfect. And I, I, here's, here's what I was thinking of is, um, I'll have like a lot of energy to work on something, mm -hmm. but as soon as I start to feel like it's not being Met. heard or reciprocated, or I'm not allowed to work on it or mm -hmm. allowed to fix it, I lose, I just lose interest with it. And I retract. Yeah. And so there was a lot of times yeah. where it's like, okay, I'm not texting her. I'm not calling her. I'm not. Yeah. Doing this and I'm very conscious that I'm doing that, but to me, it's also just natural. Yeah, it's like if I don't feel reciprocated, then I'm not. Why gonna, would you? Then I'm not going to be kind of in this every day. Yeah, and then every now and again, I kind of like catch a second wind, and yeah, and then we want to you know see each other again, but it's just like, it oh man, it's that it's those nostalgic memories that are rooted in the yeah. good times, but you free it's, it's the same in the military, like all these veterans get out, and it's like, yeah, it's like when we're together physically together yeah. like in the same room and stuff it's like it's great everything's great but then as soon as we you know go back home mm. and separate from each other it's it, it you know it's like okay she goes back to her you know crisis or mm. life or whatever yeah. else is going on and then if you can't function on your own without all the drama that's yeah. not going to change in a relationship it's like that's what i'm looking for now <clears throat> like when i say independent woman i'm mm. like independent in many different ways but you don't have to be at the same level i'm at oh exactly. yeah i just yeah. want you to be able to be okay by yourself like yeah you're in this relationship because you want to be not because you need to be i do have an ex that is very very like that that she will take on the personality of whomever it is that she is with Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. they will, they will adapt themselves. They're like little emotional chameleons. They will adapt whatever environment you put them in, which is a massive tell that says you have no independent, um, personality of your own because you're not emotionally strong enough. You have to take on the feelings of other people. Um, and then that goes back to like we talked about before we started recording was the fact that men to, to like to be leaders of women to be in, look, I'm like we said before, like women want men to lead. Men have to be fucking leaders and men to be good leaders have to work on themselves. Mm -hmm. Men bring in the, the emotional resilience, the strength. I, I view it as the yin yang. Women are very emotional, but that with that emotion comes unconditional love, nurture, compassion, things that men severely lack, but men bring in logical, rational thinking, physical mm -hmm. strength to be able to tell somebody to go fuck themselves. Women need that correction and men need that guidance from women. But when a woman, when you're doing all this work on yourself, you have a or you you have a you have a job you you have emotional resiliency you have you've taken the beatings that life has thrown at you you've been through a lot of things you've failed a lot of times and you've worked on yourself to become the product you are now that you feel is presentable to a woman to say look this is what i've built this is what i've worked on i've created this this house this nest whatever it is for a woman to come in and counterbalance it with love like i can i've i i have a house but until I bring a woman in, I'm not decorating it because I don't exactly. fucking care. I can leave yeah. those walls blank. Yeah. It's like that That's that right. cliche, yeah. I can have a living room with carpet with one fucking chair and a television yeah. and nothing else, and I am fine with it. TV's, I don't give a TV's fuck. on a cardboard box. And, there you go. Yeah. But when a woman comes into that house, she's going to decorate it, and she turns that house into a home. Exactly. But you are the one that built the house, purchased the house, whatever, created the fucking house. Yeah, it's so when you are, when you've done all this yeah. and a woman does not submit, 
and she does not sit there and give you what you need to counterbalance, I will never be with a woman like that. I refuse to. So if these women want to be independent, strong on their own, that's fine. But a man that submits to a woman is not a fucking man and he's not a leader. Women should be submitting to men and not in the sense of that they treat them like bar stools or bar mats. It's in a sense of in tango, there's one lead and there's one follower. In baseball, there's a fucking team captain. In football, there's a team captain. One person is calling the shots. And usually it's men because men think more logically and rationally. If they don't, then they're not fucking men or they're not ready to be leaders. But once, and you clearly are, once you've hit that point of being the alpha, of being the pack leader, of being the person that says, I'm going to guide this family, the woman has to identify and actually recognize recognize those characteristics in you and say, I trust you. Yeah. But the minute I don't, I'm fucking gone. Mm -hmm. Submission does not mean slavery. It means that I'm right. going to trust you to come to us as a team to make this decision together, but make the call. Mm -hmm. If a woman doesn't trust a man to do that, she shouldn't be with that fucking man. Right. And if a man does not trust that woman to submit to him, he should not be with that fucking woman. Mm -hmm. But I think in our society, you talk about Andrew Tate and the rest of these people, it's become this weird thing. Like this has been, this is nothing new. This has been understood since the creation yeah. of time. So it's like this new age thing on social media where now we have to dissect it. It's like, bro, it's yeah. already been dissected many times over. But you got all these, these young people entering True, yeah. all this. And you have to, it's, yeah. you have to keep talking about it. True. But, but yeah, you can't take somebody like Andrew Tate for every single word. Oh Christ. Says. No, no, absolutely not. Absolutely yeah. not. Yeah. It's just, you know, I was just talking about the little oh, yeah, yeah. parts yeah. and you're like, okay, I can agree with that. Well, let's, let's bring that up. Let's bring that back up. What did you say he said? Uh, that men like to be respected. That's how mm -hmm. they, you know, that's how some may feel love is, right. is, is to be respected. They want to feel important. If a woman can make their man feel important and respected, mm -hmm. she's, she's got it. I think it's the need to feel needed. Yeah. That's Why did it, you stick with the old girl for as long as you did? Because she made you feel needed. Mm -hmm. She had problems. The house is breaking down. She, yeah. You felt needed. Yeah. And that's, that's crucial to men yeah. because then, it's kind of, I mean, it makes sense, you know, and men need women. And it's appreciation too. It's yes. like respect, appreciation, and then to feel important. To but them. I did, I did read this thing that actually made a lot of sense. And we, we talked about this already. It talked about how it, it makes me wonder if men have been conditioned to receive love in very ineffective ways. And what I mean by that is we talk about like respect is earned, but a woman says, you know, you should love unconditionally. Like I said before though, Imagine telling a woman, you got to earn my love, but it's kind of true, isn't it? You do. Yeah. I mean, you have to earn my respect, but yeah. then you have to earn my love, mm -hmm. but love should be unconditional. It's like, but you have to give it some time. There's a grace period to say, are you worthy of my love? Because with my love comes all of this. Yeah. I think for men, it's worthiness. Think so? And, yeah. And you know, I, when, when you do talk about the three things like respect, appreciation and importance, I think that's also kind of like if you're baking a cake, like you mm -hmm. need those ingredients. <clears throat> men can make a cake out of that. Mm -hmm. They can, they can find their love in those three things. Yeah. And, uh, you know, whatever else. I don't know. Man. I think it boils I think down really to, simple, I, think I think we very are very simple. Touch our dicks, feed us, tell us you love us. We're good. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's really the key ingredients. And it's like, I think it's, 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 it's so easy for women to, to love a man. But I think that uh, we say that, but they yeah. don't perceive it that way. They think it's a little bit more complicated than that. I think it's harder than that, but it really is truly that simple. Um, I don't know, man. You I can expand I, upon that, I, but, but I, think, I, think I think the core is that simple. Elaborate for me one more time. The core is, how simplistic it. What, is, what uh, respect, respect, importance, appreciation. Mm -hmm. Like, like I, th I think a man, if he has those three things, I think what you're doing right there, though, is you've identified the things that are specific to, to you. Me, yeah, yes. maybe to me. I'm not that's saying why, this is for everybody. Right, right, right. Yeah, that's why I talk. When you told me about that Candace Owens interview with with Tate, it says, you know, what do men want? It's like, look, that's what you want. Yeah, and I feel like there, there's two, there's two facets to this. There's you've got to be 
emotionally mature enough to understand like, what is it that I actually need? What is that I actually want? Forget the Tates, forget everything. What do I want to feel happy? And I think a lot of men don't ask those questions because mm -hmm. in the manosphere, if you will, we're told these are the things you need. These are the things you want. Uh, like whatever's trending, whatever's cool is like, you need this. But I don't think like a lot of men actually sit down and say, well, what is it that I actually do want from this relationship? What do I need sure. from this yeah. woman? Yeah, so people when people, you know, they go out and these, the, they do these interviews like Owens did and they generalize, uh, you can't do it. It's anecdotal. It doesn't work. You've got to figure out what the fuck it is that works for you. Some people like, I, I don't know, man, I feel like it's just, it's very complex because if our brains are all different, if we have thousands of neurological pathways that fire off in different ways and we all have different experiences, different backgrounds, we know love differently. Some people know love is pain, physical pain. Mm -hmm. It's just a matter of identifying what it is that's healthy and conducive to you. Yeah. So when people say like, I need these things, it's like, mm, do you? Or are you just believing yeah. you do because somebody else told you that? Yeah, what is it that you actually want? For instance, I mean, it, those are just core things. I mean, right. you can get into I'm not saying they're wrong. I'm yeah. just saying I get it. I yeah, get it. I mean, there could be secondary things. Some men like, hey, I want my woman to cook. I yeah. necessarily don't. I actually like to cook, but yes, okay. it would be absolutely well, nice if she's like, yeah. And there's nothing I'm wrong with that. Like if you, if, you, if you have that passion of loving to cook mm -hmm. and you don't mind doing but that, I'm bro. I'm also right? like, if you're... But if I'm going to do this, what are you yeah, going to do? Yeah, what are you doing? So yeah. it's like if, okay, if, if you want a relationship where it's set up, like I'm saying if they, like if the other part yeah, yeah. I'm trying to date, and they're like, you know what? I want to work part-time. Okay, if you want to work part-time, that's your thing. Mm -hmm. But what are you going to be doing on the, days the rest off. of the 20 hours yeah. a week or whatever that you're sitting at home? Yeah. I mean, are you going to be doing the laundry? Are yeah. you going to be cooking, cleaning, yeah. all those things, or whatever it is around yeah. the house? Like I don't expect to go mow the yard or anything. Yeah. But it's like, what are the things that you can do mm -hmm. in the house? I think that's part of teamwork. And, and, the, teamwork, and, and yeah. the, the thing it's that 50, I feel, uh, yeah, it's it's filling the gaps filling where there's, the gap. yeah, 100%. Like, I mean, the way I kind of like to operate is I'll do the things that I like. Let's identify the things we like to do. Right? <laughs> I like I fucking neither of it. We're already in a disadvantage because Sheila and I fucking hate doing laundry. We okay, both so, hate doing but laundry. But, right. But if you can identify the things that each of you like, and yeah. then what's left, right? Yeah. yeah, go yeah. Up what's left. Now we got to fucking knuckle down and do this together. Yeah, yeah. dude. I'm not even going to lie. Our, land, our laundry room, we just pick clothes up off the laundry floor because we take it straight out of the washer right and just throw it on the ground. <laughs> dude, I am not ashamed. I don't fucking care. I like it's true. I mean, I like laundry, but I do laundry like I throw it in there and I get it done. And then as soon as it's ready, I put it away. Like, I need to That's get better at that, but it's usually coming home. But after a long day of work, I don't feel like dealing with that shit. But also mm -hmm. that's part of, that's me being lazy because I do love doing shit around the house, doing the garden, doing the lawn. It's just me avoiding the things I hate yeah, doing well, and I'm doing finding things. these things out now that I'm living by myself. It's mm -hmm. like dishes are always done. Yeah. House is always done. Oh, yeah. Laundry's always It's like yeah. I'm actually a little bit more organized than I Realize, but then the bed, I'll never make the bed. Yeah, I'm like, I'm I don't see. Like, oh my god, Jocko's gonna shit himself yeah. when he if he ever yeah, hears know, this. Right? Like, I don't make the if bed. Nobody's coming over, I don't <laughs> make the bed. First thing you do in the morning is make the bed. It's like, look, he's I doing feel, it for routine, yeah, like, or maybe it wasn't Jocko. I forget who said that. It was some famous military dude, it that, might be him because I, but they said the first thing you do when you wake up is make the yeah. bed because that is a way to start your day with dish, dish a print. I disagree. I, yeah, I disagree I entirely like because it's like, I'm, I'm smart enough to know that bed, I'm going to sleep in it again tonight. Exactly. What the fuck is the point in making this thing? Yeah. So I, I think I'm more pragmatic and realistic and I'm going to focus on the things that I know are actually going to be conducive to help me through day-to-day -day operations. Meaning I'm not going to let the dishes pile up because I need to use more dishes. The flies right. will develop, yada, yada, yada. Mm -hmm. Versus that bed, if it goes unmade, 
it's okay. It's okay. It doesn't mean I'm going to slack on other things in my life because I, I'm aware I prior. I, I think I'm emotionally mature enough to prioritize the things in my life that I know need to be done versus the things that, why am I wasting energy on this? It's mm -hmm. stupid. And I think that comes from a military background of a lot of motherfuckers out there that fall in line with the idea of why are we doing this? Well, the answer is because that's how we've always done it. That's the stupidest fucking answer I've always heard. But yeah, I agree. But to go back to the original point of uh, it's a team, I think toxic masculinity, which does exist. I think it's basically, it's misogyny. It's it's dudes that basically feel like they can do no wrong. Um, that woman stays at home. She's a doormat. Mm -hmm. And even if, you know, you're talking about a lot of Christian dudes out there, even the Bible, it talks about you treat your your woman like, like Christ treats the bride. You treat her like a queen. But with that being said, I think it's these, these, these old school traditionalist men that these women are going to be barefoot and pregnant in the kitchen. And they're going to do all this stuff. It's like, look, if you can find a woman that's cool doing that, that's fine. But good luck. In this day and age, it's not that common anymore. No. But I think where a society has gone wrong in the younger generations is this idea of belittling these women, criticizing these women and making them feel less than anything, saying it's your job to have that food on the table, blah, blah, blah in a relationship. Well, you know, what, like I talk about how, what you want in a woman, things have changed. Yeah. Our society and our culture have changed. Now women want to go out and work, which I can understand and respect that. If I was sitting at home all day, I'd want to blow my fucking brains out. I'm cool with that. But it's like, okay, so if you're going to go out and work full time, I'm going to work full time. We still got a home we got to deal with. Yeah. So like you said, I like the whole, it's not 50, 50, it's filling the gaps mm -hmm. and I'm perfectly cool with that. So it's kind of like, if I'm, if I'm cutting the grass, what are you doing? If I'm doing this, what are you doing? Yeah. And as long as she's willingly doing something, I got no issue. I, I don't like to keep tally either. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, you no, know, no. That just gets you in the fights. Oh, that, and the only reason you'd use something like that is to like hold it over somebody's yeah. head, which is not conducive to any relationship. Yeah. When people do that, when they bring up, I hate that. I've been in a relationship where I was the one to actually do that. And I look back and I realized how unproductive that was to the discussion, to the communication. Right. When you are lording something over somebody's head, there's a difference in lording something over somebody's head versus reaching back and using it as an example for comparison purposes. Say, look, I'm not trying to throw this in your face, but like you said with old girls, like you got a pattern and I'm seeing this pattern through this, this, oh, you yeah. just bring that up. It's like, yes, because that's the fucking pattern. Of yeah. course I'm bringing that up. I'm not bringing it up in your face to kind of be like, I told you so, but just like, look, I want you to understand what it is that I am seeing about you. And these are the examples I can give to prove what it is that I'm saying is true. Mm -hmm. But women will just, you know, and men do it. Everybody does it. It's not, yeah, and then, no. you know, when things would get brought up about me or what I was doing wrong, it's yeah. like, well, here's my reasoning for that. Yeah. You know, it's like, was I right? Probably not. Mm -hmm. But here's my reason. Mm -hmm. So. Um, one question I want to ask you is how do you feel about opening up to your woman and crying in front of her? Oh, that's a good I one. That's, that's a good one. I have an opinion about it. Go, go, go right ahead. Uh, don't. Don't? Don't Why cry. Not? Never cry in front of your woman. Why is that? Because as soon as you do that, I feel like you, she loses respect for you. Even if she says she doesn't, even if she feels like she, she, she doesn't at the time, like truly feels that way. Like, oh no, he can do that. Don't. Because okay, let me counter you with I this. Think it is, I think it is, it's a primitive thing. It's so primitive that um, it's 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 like a trigger for them. It's like mm -hmm. immediately they just heat down. You think so? Yeah, I think it's the opposite. No, There's I, hold on, no, no, hold on. Let's let's not okay. every woman, but I would just say. By well, no, no. I mean, first, let's go back to that word yes. patterns. Does the man have a pattern of crying all the time? Let's if he is, if he is, then yes, I would say anyone was like, bro, you're a fucking crybaby. But. 
For example, there was one time I was with an ex-girlfriend. We went to go saw this this horror, this war flick, uh-huh. and it was about Iraq, and I broke. Well, I fucking that, broke. That's what I was going to say. There's that's a distinction. What, that's what I'm saying. Is like, if this dude doesn't have a history of being a crybaby, yeah, that's yeah. fine. Like Every dude's going to break. No man is an island unto himself. But I think... I don't know, man. That that's a good question to ask women. That is, is. a very good it question is a to good ask question women because it's like, all right, what type of crying are we talking about? Yeah, here? are we crying, be you know, over your children, or are we crying over uh, just opening up about trauma or something like that, or you know, your emotions uh, about something else? Like, what would they perceive as weak? You know, I think it would be the extent of what is the problem they're crying about. Yeah, because there's certain things that can get me 100%. Yeah, yeah. Kids. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, you know, like my, my sister, yeah. my brother. Your dog? Yeah, I don't. Bro, dog, but if a th- when Athena yeah. passes, I'm a fucking ball like a yeah, baby. So uh, like, I love that dog. I don't dog. think any woman would fault you for that. Mm-hmm. But well, give like, me examples of what they would fault us let's for. Let's say you're, you're talking, uh, you're getting into a deep conversation such as this, right? Uh-huh. And you all of a sudden get into a a, a trigger point for you. Uh-huh. Let's let's call it uh, a past marriage or something like that. Okay, or, some or emotional like, trauma. So some sort of emotional trauma. Okay, cry in front of her. Do you, I mean I think that is not a good thing to do. By and large. Okay, like, I could understand that because it just means like, look, dude, oh, it's, man, it's, it only, it, you're, there's you, a lot you, of complications it, it in that is. one, though. It's I don't very know. Complicated. I don't know. That's why I like talking about it because it's like, does does that do you get perceived as weak in her eyes? Because she's looking for a strong leader. But what if the dude and, and all that stuff? But here's the thing, though. What if the guy is strong enough? Even the Spartans cried. Little known fact. Yeah. Even the Spartans cried after battle. But the thing I would go with, though, is like basically saying you can look at you can cut this cake two ways. Mm-hmm. You can say, "Are you so emotionally weak you're going to be crying? Or are you so emotionally strong you don't give a fuck what people think about the fact that you are yeah. so intelligent that you know the brain needs the release? I need to let this emotion out." Yeah. So it's kind of like, but I, I think it's not just a black or white. I think there's a lot of complex things that go attached to it. So if the dude's a crybaby all the time, then yes, no, you shouldn't be crying all the That's fucking time. I think, you know, when the bills are piling up, when, you know, the the people are at your door knocking for paying the bills, stuff like that. That's not the time to cry. No. That's the time to man the fuck up and say, babe, I'm going to figure this out. Mm-hmm. I will take care of this. You're right. If you're crying over that, you're not much of a leader. But I think it's uh, it is up to the woman to decide whether or not it's weak or not. You know, I do like how you said. I think it goes back to primitive things to the point where it's like it might not be something they can actually control. It's just a uh, like because you talked about before we start recording. You you said that once a woman loses respect for you, you never get it back. Mm-hmm. Like if a woman ever disrespected me in public, even it, does, it actually doesn't even matter if she ever disrespected me. Number one, let me start this out with, I would never disrespect my woman. I would never talk down to her. I will say things in jest. I will never call my woman. Dude, the messages I get from people in these relationships that, you know, I think that I am by far not a fucking relationship guru. I've made my mistakes out there, but I've I've learned from a lot of them. But when I get some of these DMs from these people saying, I'm in this relationship and she calls me stupid, I would uh, absolutely not. (laughs) <laughs> Why would you ever talk to your child that way? Would you ever talk to the person? Yeah, this yeah. is the person that you love. Yeah. You love this person. You give them unconditional love. Like you are together. You're a team. And they call you stupid? I'm like, no. You should have enough self-respect to say you will never talk to me that way. And if you do, there's the fucking door. So that right there is a major thing that I think a lot of people get very accustomed to, especially women. When a dude says that to them, it's like, oh, he was just angry. It's like, no, have enough self-respect to say, get the fuck out of here. You're not going to talk. Also, and men appreciate that. I'm yeah. like, you talk about black women and queens and shit like that. That's one thing that they I do respect about black women. Oh, yeah. there's a, like, you will not talk. Like yeah, they are they very intolerant of that. 
You can, like, like they said, you will come into this house correct. But when a man sees that in a woman, no. oh, it's so attractive. I, That's I, so attractive. Yeah, I also have an opinion of if a man does that to his woman, then he's really not a man. He's not a man. So. It's kind of like the idea of I could physically beat the fuck out of her if I wanted to. Mm-hmm. It's, it's I don't want to. Not to. It's, the, it's I don't want yeah. to. That is not the right way. That is immoral. It's wrong. But you do have the capabilities. It's like the gun method. Mm-hmm. I have a gun. I can use it for whatever, but it's knowing, it's kind of like knowing when is the right time, when is not, the, and it's never the right time to be a woman unless it's in self-defense. But the point being though, it's kind of like any man that does that clearly does not understand how effective verbal communication can be. And that's just a sign of massive immaturity in youth. And if men are in their like late twenties, early thirties, whatever, and they're still acting like that, bro, that pattern's set, it that is pattern's set. set. And you are going to be a very miserable man. You're going to live in a trailer park somewhere. Yeah. I could no man like the oof hell no hell no to say stuff and then for a woman to say that to a dude yeah. which goes back to the point of disrespect I would never disrespect a woman in public and I would also never disrespect her at home because if that's the woman I love mm-hmm. why would you ever want to do that why would you ever want to criticize them because if you do I don't think you really love them yeah and I, and I think that may be perceived as trust for women like as soon as you cross that line they don't trust you anymore yeah because they think that you're actually thinking that mm-hmm. and that's different. Mm-hmm. That's very different. But no, when it comes to that, like, yeah. And if a woman like this, like, it's weird in society. Now, if you look at these commercials for the longest time, and this is like the hypocrisy of culture that it's always the men in these commercials, whether they be like a laundry commercial, a detergent commercial, whatever, it's always the men they're painted as being stupid. And the women are like, well, it's just Bob, you know, we take care of him, blah, blah, blah. And it's the dude out there like cleaning some gutters, falling off a ladder, acting dumb. But if we roll reverse that and the guy's like, it's just Sharon, you know, she's acting like a dumb cunt. Oh my God, the misogyny's through the fucking roof. Yeah. But it's okay to do that to men. Right. So it's like, I'm not okay with doing with either. So if, it, if there's a dude out there that his woman makes him feel stupid, throw her away and find you a woman that's going to make you feel good about yourself. But actually before that, you should have, be, have enough confidence and enough fucking balls enough to put a standard in place that says you will never do that to me. Never. And like you said with what's-her-face, when you put those fucking standards in place, what did she do? She ran. Good. Let the weak fucking flee. Let the weak flee from you. And a woman that can understand that boundary and respects is like, that's a dude, like we talked about before this, like the biggest killer of men's dreams are women. And men allow them to. I just This is a very important thing that I wanted to catch because we're recording this and I feel like men need to hear this. When men are single, especially after a divorce, I feel like we have this come to Jesus meeting, at least I did, of like, what am I doing for me? What am I doing to better myself? What are the things that I can take on? Because I think we hit a certain age that we leave school and we stop learning. We stop pursuing things. We start pursuing or hunting down passions in our lives. But when we get into that relationship and we're getting that strange, things kind of change a little bit and our priorities kind of shift. But you have to have enough mental strength to say, no, these are my goals. This is what I'm going to do. Yeah. And if that woman comes into your life, it's like, you're going to come along for the ride. That's fine. But you will not detract from me from doing what it is that I love doing. And a man that will allow a woman to allow him to be manipulated, to detract from pursuing his goals or whatever it is, that woman is taking away your happiness, but you're at fault because you're allowing her to, you are allowing her to. And I don't think a lot of these women intentionally want to do it. I don't think the men that do it to women intentionally. It's just a matter of you can very easily become homebodies and stop pursuing the things that you actually love to do. I will never stop doing tango. I will never stop doing whatever it is that I love to do. Those are the things that feed my soul. 
And if a woman is not doing the same thing to feed her soul, she's going to try and make you that person to do it. And that's not, that's not your responsibility. It begs the question, what comes first? You, know, what you, you, you always first? come first. Yeah. It's the airplane method. You know, when the oxygen mask, yeah. you've got to put yours on first. Because yeah. what good are you to her if you have not? Because I feel like a lot of these passions are rooted in this intrinsic need for betterment, for whatever the case may be, but it makes you better. And if it doesn't make you better, you shouldn't be fucking doing it. But anybody that would take away from that is taking away from you being the happiest, best version of yourself that you can be. Mm -hmm. So and again, like we said before, that only happens if you allow it to. And sometimes you got to be a fucking dick. Sometimes you have to be a dick yeah, and you got to put cold. somebody in their place, man or woman. It doesn't matter. Right. It doesn't matter. So, but I like that cry question though. That's a, that's a good question. Cause I think you've said that before. Mm -hmm. Well, Omar mentioned it to me one time. Yeah. He said that he did it and uh, he said, yeah, I'm never doing that again. And I was well, like, what was, what, what I, was the circumstance? Well, I don't want to put his information out there. I don't really recall. Um, I just think it was an emotional moment. They were maybe talking about the yeah. relationship and then and it happened. And it's interesting like, yeah, you say that because that. I think men have to create the physical nest, yeah, figurative, the, the physical environment for that woman to feel safe in, mm -hmm. but the women have to create the emotional environment for a man to be able to open up into. Because yeah. I know Andrew Tate and other people like that have said, never, never open up all the way to a woman emotionally. I don't yeah. know if I agree with that or not. Well, I mean, I, I, got, because accused, I got accused of not, not opening, but my reason was... Uh, you were so worried that she might use no, it against you? I wasn't allowed to, really. Oh, we okay. get into the discussion, and then five minutes in, we're talking about her. Ah, yeah, yeah, You yeah, know, yeah. and then before we know it, we're two two hours go by, and it's I, I didn't get to say yeah. anything. Yeah. So, and it's like, oh, well, I'm like, well, you won't let me, so yeah. what do you want me to do about that? Yeah. And then it was like, sorry, that's my, my yeah. problems that I, for her, she was saying that's her issue that she's. It's interesting she's that you bring that up because it's. hijack hijacked the conversation. Yeah, but at the same token, it's kind of like. Is it is it productive to have one conversation where it's both parties taking? I feel sometimes like if Sheila comes to me with something that she's emotionally going through, I'm in giving mode. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not in take mode. mode. Right. I, I feel like a conversation, every kind, you know, and I actually think about it. I don't think I've had any conversations with her, anybody in the past where it was a mutual, we're both taking from each yeah, other. Yeah, I was going to say that. I, it's never one way. One we never had a single discussion that was back and forth. It was me giving. Yeah. But I mean, at the same token, though, listening. there needs to be time for you to get take from her. Sure. But at the same time, I was like, you know, I'm not really getting that. Mm, but yeah. Like, Do I really want to at this point? Yeah. Yeah. Because it's Well, like, then it's a project. It's like, clearly, I'm not able to voice anything. Yeah. So it's like, all right, well, now I really don't want to. Yeah. And I, I mean, I, I would identify that as another problem in, the, in it. And it's mm -hmm. like, I think you do have to. You have to have that. Yeah. You know, whether it's back and forth or whether you're taking turns giving that time to one another. Mm -hmm. um, I think a lot of it comes down with your understanding of the woman that you're with. Mm -hmm. uh, does she make you feel secure enough that you could emotionally open up? And when we talk about emotionally, what does emotionally opening up mean to you? What, what does that mean? I guess just having really deep conversations and, oh, that's and, easy. and, and telling somebody, um, you know, what go deeper, truly go feel. deeper. Okay. Feel about what though? We talk about, it could be anything. We talk about know. trauma. We talking about our darkest trauma, fears. If you have trauma, if you have fears, like, I mean, I, I think I just, I just want to paint a picture though for the listener, for myself to have an understanding. Yeah. What does it mean to emotionally open up? To me, it, opening up emotionally is easy for me. Mm. Like if people, and that's what I love about being an honest asshole. I should write a book about this, honest asshole. But it's like, I don't have a problem opening up and giving my 
opinion on something or having deep conversations. So I think it goes deeper than that. It could be. I mean, um, what makes me think about that is like, are you telling somebody what you feel or Mm -hmm. like what you already know or Mm -hmm. are you discovering yourself Mm -hmm. in the middle of that conversation? Potentially some some of both. Yeah, some of both. So it's like to me, if you want to go deep, it's like you discovering yourself as you're having that discussion with them. And then it's kind of But like, wouldn't you want to do that? Yeah. And to me, that's probably the best. So but, then what would prevent you from doing that with a woman? Uh, if you don't feel like they will perceive that uh, well, you know? Why like, would Let's say you cry. Okay. Oh, okay. You know? Okay. Then you're like, oh shit. Okay. I just cried. Or yeah. Her, and now I fucked up. You know? So it's like you have to feel safe. In that I don't know. I kind of feel like if you've already set the precedence of the fact that you're not a crier, I think a woman would, would automatically shift into nurture mode. Well, it is just an example. It's like you got you got to. I am curious as far as like what what Omar did though. Oh, I, I don't. Think Omar's also like, young though, and women that young, bro. Yeah, they're gonna think that way. These are not emotionally mature women. Too bad. It was just, oh. you know stubbed his toe and like start bawling. No, no, it was, a, it was <laughs> no, an emotional know, yeah. discussion, yeah. but yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't remember the context of it. Yeah. Um, but you know, like I've done that in my marriage, mm-hmm. twice, you know, twice that I can actually recall. The fact that you can count, yeah. <laughs> that means I, I think there's something years, deeper yeah. there, though. But for what, me, it was, did, did, it, for hold me on, was, real quick, hold on. Was, did some trauma come from this? Like when you opened up and when you cried, did something was a byproduct of that? Something rooted in trauma? Because the fact that uh, you remember how many times you did it, there's a reason you're doing that. Why? Well, I mean, one was the divorce you know it was okay. it was that okay. in the middle of all that and okay. then the other one was um my older son huh. you know and something that was going on with him well these are two very big emotional and it made me feel very you know a certain way it's like i take a, i feel like i take a lot of pride in that yeah. and pride was, in what not was, crying no pride in being a dad oh okay and, okay you know pride in your marriage and all right. that stuff and so when that stuff's unraveling, it's like, oh, okay. that, that's the trigger. For Makes me. you question your life, everything you've accomplished. Yes. You, you feel like the foundation's now it's, unstable. It's yeah. 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 And, uh, Those are scary times to be like, in. How do you yeah. fix that? How do you get back to, to that? Time. It just know? takes time. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. One's going to take time and the other yeah. one luckily worked, worked itself out. So, mm. um, but yeah, I mean, I think that to answer your question to me, it's discovering that yourself or whatever the issue is as you're having that discussion. Mm -hmm. So, which tells me though, when having said discussion, what are you doing in that discussion? You're talking. That's why I think therapy is a very, very productive thing for a lot of people to pursue Mm -hmm. because it's weird that you can say these things out loud. If you're being honest with yourself, if if the pathway from the brain to the mouth is being honest and it's not construed, I think when you say things out loud, it gives it a sense of reality and, and there's something to that. There's something to the idea of kind of talking your problems out loud and it helps you kind of, it's like you speak this, this thing into existence and then you, you take it and you look at it and say, well, it's really not that bad if I think about it. Right. But if you keep it all in your mind, it's like your mind is this, this, this massive fish tank of possibilities. But when you empty it and you speak it out, there's no more possibilities. This is what it is. And now I can look at it from all different angles and say, how do I fix this? How do I address this? But if you leave it up there, bro, you stew on that shit. And that that goes back to the anxiety you get from, hey, we need to talk. It's like, motherfucker. How do you, I I brought this up in in the previous relationship was, um, I got, I got really frustrated with some things and it's like, and with talking in general and stuff like that. And it's like, you know, I, I don't want to date my therapist. Yeah. And so I think that's a, could be a fine line, you know, between opening up to somebody and then having it. 
I don't know because then discussions and it's like, do you really <clears throat> want to talk about this right now with somebody that you're trying to date? Like, at what point do you do it? Do you yeah, okay, yeah, months? that's different. Yeah, you know? yeah. I, I think, think it's complicated. I, yeah, that comes with boundaries, though, man. Like yeah. that. There's also a thing of learning how to date. Um, that brings up a very good point. That's up to you, man. But that's also, up to the individual as far as like, when do I feel comfortable enough opening up to this woman? And having those types of conversations. Yeah. Like, I think good good conversations are, are great. Yeah. But I also don't want to be perceived sometimes as like, hey, I'm still working on this. Yeah. You know, it's like, no, I figured it out. I'm okay. I would just, I like talking about it and, and discussing it. Mm. So. I don't know. Because then I think it's open to interpretation. Because if I hear a woman say that I'm still working on this, like, is this a red flag or... Is this, it, it can be, it, well, I'm saying like you're having the discussion. You're like, Hey, I'm, we're, we can talk about this, but Hey, I'm not working on this. Like I'm, this is good. I've kind of closed this door. Oh, oh, okay. You know? I thought I heard, heard the, heard yeah, the opposite. To me it's, it was opposite. Okay. Um, you know, I went on a few dates that I look back now and I felt I opened up way too fast. Yeah. And I think there's nothing wrong. Cause I feel like being in the social media shit, all that stuff, your life's kind of an open book to a degree, yeah. to a degree. I learned a little later on shut some things off. Oh yeah. Don't give everybody access to everything about your life. I do like sharing my political opinions, the tango shit. Um, but there are some things that I feel like, actually that's a lie, dude. I pretty much share everything. You I don't share a lot. I don't fucking care there's... because that's all. And it's not, there's anything wrong or right. It's just up to the individual. Yeah. Um, and it's all about what you prioritize in your life. You're a very private person. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. But I did learn that when going on dates and they would ask some very in-depth questions, I should have shut it down and said, look, I don't know you well enough. Mm -hmm. When you make it past that level of, I trust you, yeah. then we'll have these conversations. And I think if you say that, I would respect that person 10 times more. It's like, wow, they really know boundaries. So. Yeah. But also, do you think it, if somebody was to say that to you, do you think that they're trying to hide something from you at all? Oh, naturally. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think from an insecure mind, absolutely. But it also depends on what the topic is. But or maybe they're still working on. Or something. they could oh, still be working oh, on it. Yeah, gonna be the next project. Or well, <laughs> it's like, are you be the next freaking? Yeah. Do I, I get mean, a tool man tailor this shit? Like, I don't know. Yeah, I feel like she was very upfront with me, but at the same time, at at the beginning, but at the same time, it was like it was so much. Did you like, ever? Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> did Did you ever watch House MD? Uh, no. Okay. Is that house. different from house? Just, just house? House, yeah, house. Oh, yeah, yeah. You watched that? In the very beginning. Yeah. yeah. One of his, his things I never forgot was it says, all patients lie. Yes. Every single motherfucker in a relationship, when you first start, they fucking lie. Yeah. I don't. There's no it's need like, for sir, it. How did that flashlight get in your ass? There you oh, go. I, 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 I fell and fell. Uh, yeah. Whatever. You're like, you're trying to be a little freaking <laughs> firefly out there. You're kinky <laughs> shit. No, but I feel like a lot of people will lead. And that's what I, that's what I talk about learning how to date. It's leading with what you think, and this is where men fuck up. You lead with what you think that woman wants to hear versus mm -hmm. like when you go on a date, at least for me when I was in my younger years, it was, I want to be approved of. I want to be like, I want her to like me. Yeah, you tried. But it's like, but why? She, you don't know her. Mm -hmm. You don't know a fucking thing about yeah, her. That's why I tell So her, why do you give a shit if she likes you or yeah, not? I tell them, you know, all of them when I try to get into that talking phase, it's like, listen, let's, let's talk like we're already friends. I'm going to be real. You be real with me. Yeah. You get, you get further that way. And, yeah. and, and, and I find that the, the people that are truly real mm -hmm. identify it and appreciate that. Yeah, for sure. So for sure you can weed out the, the, you know, the shitty ones really easy. Yeah. The narcissist. Yeah. Oh my God, dude. Uh -huh. I've, I've been on so many first dates with those types, like, ah, and this ain't happening. Right you know, you really can. 
when I, they when they dominate the conversation, when it's just all about them yeah. or um and like you said to your point earlier, I don't think they realize it about themselves. Mm-hmm. I really don't. Well, you know, <clears throat> there's also ADHD, and I think that people with that. They, I think everyone's got ADHD these that, days, know, like, man. Everyone's got PTSD. Everyone's got ADHD. Have you seen that one guy? He talks about ADHD, and he said it's not a, uh, it's not a. What did he say? It's like not an illness or something like that. It's a, it's a, it's a learned trait. I was about to say it's a learned behavior. It's a learned behavior. Yeah, and it's like it's it's their way of dealing with their past traumas. Potentially, yeah. Well, he, but I think he, a lot of people use it now as a ration, a rationale for explaining why they're shitheads. Yeah. Like, I have ADHD. No, you're just a shithead. And, that, and that's what that's what I really got aggravated with because I, I got a lot of that. And it oh. was like, okay, I realize it. And it's like, okay, so you're telling me you can't function without medication. Yeah. That, that's a big one. Yeah. It's yeah. like, that's not good. Like, no. so it's like, okay, so if you don't that's, have your medicine, you're not going to be a good, you're not. And I nice. know there's going to be people that hear this like, wait a minute. It's like, no, we're not talking about medication for like heart fucking problem. No. We're talking about medication that, that basically it's like using alcohol to medicate Me- pharmacy. It's no different. Well, it's med- no fucking different. HD is, a, is a methamphetamine. So yeah. it's just like, okay, so if you don't have that, you're, you're going to be off your rocker a mm-hmm. little bit, you know, and you're going to be ra- irrational yeah. in, in a lot of ways. Which, if that's how they are, that's fine. I just sure, don't want to I'm deal with that in my life. Yeah, for that, um, but it's just not something that I want to deal with. I just right, don't. Right, and you know, it's like if you're not that way, then yeah. you you know you don't compliment that, then you don't yeah. want that. So, yeah, it's. I think I think relationships are very complicated. Complicated, but I think it gets easier the more you work and you learn and you learn yourself. Because I think for men. Um, <clears throat> There's so much talk about like a high value man Uh and it's not just financially. I think most, I shouldn't say most, but I think a lot of women out there look at high value men in in terms of like financial, but I think there's way more to be said for and appreciated by a man that is emotionally high value that isn't going to break down crying at this first sign of trouble that is going to be the, the provider, Mm -hmm. the lead. He's going to be the one that she willingly, because I feel like when a woman trusts you enough, when she feels protected, number one, the biggest thing is protection. Do I feel safe with this motherfucker? Yeah. So all these beta liberal dudes out there, they're like a twig and bones. Their women don't feel safe with them. They don't. But when a man makes you feel protected physically, emotionally, he provides, he listens, he is there for you. That's a high value man. But the biggest thing I feel like a lot of men forget about is ambition. Yeah. When they don't have ambition. That's the big thing for me is like I say that all the time like, it's like i would like somebody that can recognize that you said it right there can they recognize it yeah. and can they appreciate it mm-hmm. so when a high value man works on all these things and like i don't think you're going to find have a high value man in their early 20s no, it takes time not. it takes that's why i tell people don't get married young take some time yeah. work on your shit but, but men like always like time you got married how old were you oh bro i was 20 you're 20. I was, yeah. that's how we were raised. Yeah. That's how we were raised. We were raised that's in this the, like old school Pentecostal church. You uh-huh. get married young, you have kids, you die. That's yeah. it. So, well, that's, that's not a very fun life. No. And it's like, now that you're older, you start to look at these, I mean, like, like we hired, you know, 20 something year olds and it's like, yeah. they think they got it all figured out. And I'm like, you're still young. Bro, man. you haven't even started haven't the started fucking yet. journey yet, man. Like, you haven't even started. It's like, you don't, you haven't even signed your first mortgage you haven't had a kid yet like you don't know all that shit that i went through in iraq and afghanistan that was easy your mom's emotionally that was easy doctor's appointments like you don't know yeah dude no 
No, you're not even paying taxes yet. Like, oh my God, you haven't even got raped by <laughs> the government yet. Bro. You know, it's like, well, yeah, you, you haven't got out there yet. It's yeah. definitely weird to see the journeys that men take in this day and age versus say, for example, 50 years ago. Mm-hmm. So much has changed. Like so much has yeah. changed. And like a hundred years ago, so much has changed since then. But I think like the, the basis of most of, or the foundations of most relationships, I don't think they're going to change. I think the hierarchy of needs is always going to be there. Yeah. I think men should always be the providers, the protectors, the leads. And I don't think women should be the leads. I, I really don't. I think women are not meant to be that way. I think if a woman does want to be that way, she's probably a lesbian. I don't know. I just feel like if, if I was to be in a relationship with a woman like that, there's going to have to be submission at some point. And not submission in the sense of before, like I said, like I'm the king, just in a sense of it's like mutual respect. Mutual respect goes a long way. It goes against nature. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Well, not just nature, just the dichotomy of men and women. Yeah. Like, you know, everybody talking, this is the thing that I think cultural Marxism has definitely poisoned our minds to, is that we're the same. We're all the same. No, the fuck we're not. We are not the same. Men and women are built fucking different. And it's, instead of like acknowledging that and celebrating those differences as far as, as far as what makes us unique, we're now the same. We've lost individual sexual identity. That's it. Yeah, we're just the same. Like, like no. conversation is, you know, we're not trying to be anybody down. It's, Fuck it's, no. It's about celebration. It's about celebrating or identifying and then playing to your strengths. Yeah. So if a woman has a strength in, again, the unconditional, like in a, in a, in a firefight, dudes get hit. Mm-hmm. Not once did I ever hear for a dude screaming for dad. For dad, yeah. It's always mom. Mm-hmm. Mom is the nurturer. She's the provider. But I think where it gets twisted and diluted is when you see toxic masculine or asshole dudes come in and start trying to devalue that. Even more right. so, women that devalue that. For the longest time, these fucking feminists, like women need to go out there and be working, get a job. Uh-huh. You should look down your nose at women that want to stay at home and raise the kids, blah, blah, blah. It's like, so what, you want somebody else raising your kids? It's like, you fucking kidding me? So I think a lot of this gets pinned on men, but I don't think it's us anymore. I really don't. I think it's other, I think it's these miserable feminists that hit their 30s and 40s, realize that you've got a career, but you don't have anything to show for it outside of that. You don't have a man, you don't have kids, you have nothing. Not saying that you have to have those things, but it's them projecting what they think other women should want. When in right. fact, a lot of women don't want that. And there's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. You just got to find that dude that's comfortable with that. Well, if you want a traditional, I'm going to do that to men, you know, here's the thing. This is what I love about. There's such a double standard on this. And then I got to go. Cause we got to start the show. We're, we're already doing this for like an hour and five minutes already. Oh. But it's interesting how a woman can choose to stay home and be with the kids. Mm-hmm. And it's perfectly acceptable. And right. I don't see a single thing wrong with that. Or she can choose to go out and get a job and work. And now apply that, that. Apply that to the dude. Yeah. Would you have any respect for a dude he's, that chose to stay home and take care no, of the kids? He's got to fill his role, bro. You know? Fill your fucking role. Go out. Now I understand that some people have this thing of where she was making more money. Oh yeah, like say she's making two hundred fifty. Bro, a year I totally like, get that. Yeah. But yeah. that's only going to last for so long. But the point where it's like, look. You're making enough money. That's great. But I need to go work. Yeah. I got to provide. We'll, we'll get a babysitter. We'll figure something out, but I cannot be home. Like I'm a man. I got to go do this. Kill something and bring it home. That's that's the truth right there. Mm -hmm. But it's, it's interesting how we have double standards in the society as far as what men can do versus women can't and what women can do that versus men can't and how we get looked down upon. So women can cry. We expect women to cry and there's nothing wrong with women crying. Man does it. You're suddenly a bitch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think just generally, yeah, you're perceived that way in certain 
we've already talked about that's that, a very so, good yeah. question though that's it a is, very good a, question we could have a whole episode on that we could all kinds of stuff but totally didn't even plan this by the way for the listeners tyler came in and sat down we do a lot of talking prior to the show but i was like let's record this because i feel like this is one of those conversations that i feel like resonates with a lot of people yeah, and i want to i mean i've you know i'm trying to be as private as possible yeah you know? well no these, so. these are great examples that people i guarantee there's gonna be listeners that are gonna sit there and be like like that, that yeah. fucking Leo DiCaprio meme, like that right yeah, there. Yeah, right there. It's me. like, it, 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 that's why up. these conversations are very crucial because yeah. we can talk politics all day. But when you talk about these things, I want to say like the biggest thing that like when I used to deal with depression was um, you really do feel alone and isolated. Mm-hmm. One of the best things that I felt worked for me was when I read somebody else's thing that was going through the exact same shit. And it makes you realize, bro, I'm really not. There isn't a single motherfucker that's going to listen to this that anything you've been through, nobody else has experienced. Yeah. It's We've gone so long in time. Somebody out, we got what, 7 trillion people in this world. You ain't alone. Yeah. You're not the only one dealing with do that. You, do you, uh, or what's your opinion on trying to date somebody who is depressed? Because I, mm. I you know, she was. And it's like, no, I, I probably wouldn't I know. try to sympathize as much as I can, but it's like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like if I don't know the cause, mm-hmm. I don't know how to fix it. I feel like that's an energy drain. And I know that sounds selfish as fuck, but it I really is, don't care. I see that more so in a like sense a, of like, if you are, there's a difference in like, are they clinically depressed? Like they have to take medication for it? Or are they just going through a depression phase? They're prone to it, I guess. I uh, know. It's like. I'd avoid that. Yeah. That That's to me. And, you know, people can say it's unfair. I really don't fucking it, care. It, it, yeah. I'm about protecting my emotional space, my energy. Yeah. I don't want an energy drain in my life. I don't want to come home to a woman that is just kind of like the Eeyore effect. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, it's like, no, no, no. Get, I, try, get out of here I with want that. to be sympathetic. I really do. Why do you right. want to be? Why do you want to be because sympathetic? To me, it's the, it, it goes back to the protector, the perfect exam, but all of that. What do they bring? Uh, so you, like, your, yeah. your situation was different though. You weren't getting anything. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you I were know. giving. Right. There's a difference in already being in an established relationship and she goes through a bout of depression. Oh, 100%. That's yeah, absolutely. I'm going to stick with her. We've already, Sheila and I've already been through that. I'll go when through a period sometimes. Well, my argument, you know, we, we did talk about this. Was, mm-hmm. You cannot build a relationship off of this. No. When you're in a depressed state, that, that feels like that's a push pause. Yeah. Push pause so you get I, through this. Exactly what I Because mentioned. I feel like you're not going to make rational decisions. Mm-hmm. You're not going to have very rational discussions that are rooted in a normal thinking yeah. process because like you're clearly, and it doesn't make you a bad person. It just means that you're depressed yeah. right now. Your, your lenses that you're staring through are kind of askew. Yeah. It's like, as soon as that came up, I'm like, all right, for me, this is pausing right now because yeah. it's like, I can't, it's not fun. Yeah. I can't build anything off yeah. of it. I can't do anything. It's not fun. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, all right. I'm, I want you to get out of this. What can yeah. I do to get you out of this? It's and not on I you, bro. Go, it's, it's you can't. I know. And men fucking hate yeah. that because like we said, men want to fix. We want to fix. It's our nature. Yeah. But that's one of those that she's got to fix. Yeah, she's got to work on that. Towards the end of that, it's like now now I'm not appreciated. Yeah. And I don't feel that yeah. that desire anymore to really do much. But it's like I want to. There's potential, I thought. Yeah. But then then once the disrespect happens and oh, hell that, no. then yeah. it's like, okay, this is just not. There is something to be said about traditional masculinity that played such a pivotal role in our society that men set the examples of how they will not be treated. And there's a reason for that. Mm -hmm. Men do the hard labor intensive jobs. Men do the dying in war for the most part. Men do all this stuff. So I think it's just, it's very common for men to say, you're not going to disrespect me like this. But at the same token, it's also saying, I will never, it's, you will not treat me like this because I don't treat you like that. It's literally treat me how you want to be treated. That's so when I put it in the phrase of like men won't tolerate, it's like it's literally the golden rule. Mm-hmm. It's the golden fucking rule. And I may have them. disrespected. 
Oh, I, we I all do. Yeah. It's but a consistent thing, though. There's the a pattern of this. Give yeah. the opportunity, like, hey, I'm sorry for whatever it yeah. was. <clears throat> Let's not get into the details. Though. I was going to be here all day. Yeah. But like, can we move past this? Mm-hmm. And then when there is, when there's not, you're not reciprocated for that apology. Yeah. Then it's like, or if right, they continuously do it, then it's like, no, it, it's like, you're, you're not leaving me a path forward other than the door. Yeah. So. No, oh, I get that. It makes perfect sense. It's just the depression thing. It, it just, it feels like that's a, that's a big one. Like if, if somebody, number one, if you're, if you're starting, if you're dating and you're depressed, you shouldn't be dating. Exactly. You like, should not, not be dating. And you can't sit there and get go. mad at people that reject you because it's like, look, uh, no, I don't want this in my life right now because I've, I've said this to so many people and I've always said on the show, the drama that exists in your life is only there because you allow it yep. to exist. How much of all your fucking problems you've got in your life mm-hmm. are only there because you allow it to exist. You don't shut the door on and say, no, not here. Mm-hmm. You don't let bad shit into your home, do you? Why are you going to let into your mind? Why are you going to let into your life? Shut yep. the door on it and say, fuck no, this is not my responsibility. Your shit is your shit. I got to protect my house. That's a good point because I, I think that a lot of people don't have a door on their heart. No. Mind. It's no. just open. You can't do that. It's like a public place. Anybody can just walk in there. And- but women know that about men. Yeah. Women know that about men. Men have that open door policy. Mm-hmm. We want to help. We, and women take advantage. Not all women, but there's a lot of manipulative women that will take it. You. She did it to you. They will take advantage of that and use you for every fucking thing they can and then throw you away. But... Who's at fault for that? Yeah. Like you. you you're at that. fault. Yeah. Put door on your heart, lock that motherfucker, and then you find the right woman that has the key, and there you go. And she's earned that. She's mm-hmm. earned your love. Because people talk about should we earn love? Not from our not for our children. No. That should be unconditional. For a potential partner, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Because it's like saying, it's like, what's the value of your love? Is it not valuable yeah. enough to earn? Like, get the fuck out of here. Yeah, people. And I, and I felt like I got to that point where it was like, okay, I think, I think that's, yeah. this is, you know, good. Like they're the good parts were right. Yeah. And then when, when it all kind of fell apart towards the end, it's like, okay, no, I, was, I may have been wrong. About but you that. learn from it though. Yeah. You definitely learn from well, it. Well, I think what I learned is, um, you definitely have to identify the red flags and don't ignore them. Man, that's hard though. It's I so bro, hard. I know, I know it's so fucking easy to look back over your shoulder and say, that was a red flag. But also there, it's like you're battling yourself because yeah. it's like, I want, I can fix her. I yeah, can fix I can her. Fix it's like, her. you're not a therapist, like here, bro. It's not your yeah. job. It's like, here's the laundry list of charges you got arrested for, <laughs> yes. but I can fix her. Yes. Uh, you know, but yeah, but I think having gone through things, you, you go, okay, I ignored the red flags in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And now next time I see that, mm-hmm. no, I'm not going to. hundred percent. Then, um, then at that yeah. point, like it's kind of that whole fool me once. Fair enough. Second time it happens. That's a you problem. Mm-hmm. And the other question is why, why is it a you problem? Not you, not you yeah, specifically, but it's kind of like, but why are you like that? Yeah. And that's the thing then. Here's the thing that a man can be that way. Work on like identify why he's like that work to fix it. And now he's increased his emotional value. Mm-hmm. Because of all the bullshit he's been through, yeah. some of it, some of it started by himself, some of it from other people. But this guy has been molded. He's like the rock tumblers. You remember those rock tumblers with the rocks, are just, yeah. and you yeah, put them in and, and smooths it out over time. Mm-hmm. Well, that rock goes from chipped ugly to now it has a little bit more value. Yeah. But the value is in the eye of the beholder. Mm-hmm. So if that woman doesn't value you, get her the fuck out of there. Mm-hmm. And just the thing that you're going through that you went through, you've learned from it. Now you create that. But from that lesson comes a boundary. Every lesson should come with a boundary. I will never make this mistake again. This is the boundary. And if she can't respect said boundaries, kick her out. Fucking done with you. Yeah. Yeah. You know, another thing that that struck me when we were in St. Louis and uh, we had talked about that issue and you were, you turn around and you're like, why does that bother you? 
And I was like, you're right. Why does that bother me? Yeah. And that's so, that's the five why or the three whys yeah. now. I just what's the what's the rest of them? Just why? You said there's three whys. Yeah. Start with whatever. Okay. I, I said five. It, it depends. Five. It's just yeah. the levels. It's just you keep asking yourself why. This oh, is so bothering you, me. Oh, so so the, you keep you ask yourself five series of questions and they all start with why. There you go. Okay. And it usually it usually takes three to five. For me, it's usually about three because it's come to your answer. Come to your answer if you're honest with yourself. You've okay. got to be honest with yourself. That's the one thing that, say, for example, your ex probably wouldn't be honest with herself on because it's everything in our life, everything, every decision we make. And this is, I think Freud was talking about this, that everything that we do is ego based, the id, hubris. Everything revolves around the ego. And the ego is one of the most fragile things that I feel like men specifically protect. When the ego dies, that's when you start to work on yourself. Because the ego blinds us to our faults, the things that we fuck up on, because nobody wants to be told, this is what you're fucked up on. I'm like, oh, no, I'm, I'm perfect. Because why? Our parents were yeah. wrong. You're perfect the way you are. No, the fuck you're not. You're a piece mm-hmm. of little shit, but you got to evolve and you got to mold and you got to grow. That's the difference. So the levels of why first apply only to those that are going to be completely and genuinely honest with themselves and remove the ego from the equation. So your thing was, this is bothering me. Why does that bother you? Because this isn't this. Why? Because this isn't this. Why? And then eventually you go all the way to, it's like the seven degrees of Kevin Bacon, bro. You go all the way down. And then when you pinpoint the causation of your thought process of whatever it is that triggers you, just in the the process of identifying it, unlocks your mind. Yep. I had, um, I was dating this model. Beautiful, beautiful woman. And we know who she is. We're not going to talk about that. (laughs) And I was infatuated with her to the point where it was, it was just like, I felt like I was hanging on every text, every call. I felt like a fucking schoolboy again. Mm-hmm. And then we broke up. I had to end it because she didn't want anything long-term. And I was like, that's fine. That's, I can respect that. Okay. I had to go and I was depressed from it. Like I, I would, I would just, I felt like I, I can't disconnect from this woman. Yeah. I don't know why. What the fuck is wrong with me? And then I went and did one of those float tanks. If you've never done a float tank. Yeah, I remember you guys were doing those. Yeah. So I did a float tank. And the float tank, for those that don't know, it's like you're sitting in about six inches of just really salted water. So you float. And it's it's sensory deprivation. Completely dark. You you can turn on music if you want. But what it forces you to do is that you can't, you can't hear anything. You can't see anything. So there's no distractions. All you're left with is your thoughts. So then I went and started, it was like taking your mind and your mind is a desk and you start opening every single drawer and reading every piece of paper. Why am I thinking like that? Why am I addicted to her? Why can't, and then you start answering these things honestly. And when I got to the understanding of why I was addicted to her, it was me projecting what I'd never had as a young man, which was the hot fucking model that gave me validation as a man. Once I recognized that, I realized I actually wasn't in love. That was something that I just craved because of my fucking ego. Once I identified that, I was over her. Like, I I shit you not, I'm not lying to you. As soon as I realized it, it was like all of this weight had been lifted. And the most scary thing about that was how I lied to myself about that. How my own brain was my own worst fucking enemy. Because I couldn't even come to the conclusion on that on my own until I actually had to force myself down, sit down or do the float tank and ask myself those hard questions. So it's kind of like, if that is how I was in that relationship, for instance, what else do I do that with? 
that my own brain as a safeguard will not allow me to tell the truth to myself because I'm projecting. And that's why I think our brains are so fucking complicated and can be our own worst enemies if we allow it to. So the five levels of why, that's where I came up with that. I literally said, okay. Did you come up with that or is that something you, you read? That's just something I came up with. I was like, why? Let's Follow the it, rabbit hole. It worked why? for me because as soon as you asked me that and we started getting into the, the, yeah. the whys, I'm like, yeah. But you got to be honest you with yourself. You the core of it and you're like, yeah. Yeah. Stupid. You got to fail. It's not stupid, well, man. You know, it's it's clearly there for a reason. Yeah. It's yeah. There for a reason. Yeah. You just feel like, okay, I'm being dumb about this and I need to. You're being human. Yeah, sure. You're being fucking I say, human. I, yeah, I, that, I, yeah, I know. I know. You know what I mean. But you got to give yourself some grace. Yeah. But, and so when I went through that process, that's when my emotional value really fucking increased because then I was able to identify stuff like that again in other avenues of my life to say, I'm not going to make that mistake again. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to let my hubris be my own downfall because what if she had wanted to be in a relationship with me? What if would I have loved her for who she actually was? I don't know. Yeah. Probably not. Probably not. Probably not because she and I are completely fucking different. You realize that your attachment to her probably wasn't as real as you thought it was. Exactly. Exactly. It was was you. It was you. Only you. It was me projecting an insecurity that I'd had since a child, mm-hmm. 100%. And that stuff is real. That mm-hmm. stuff is very real. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think you you are who, you know, how you were raised in a lot of ways, you know? To a degree, but that's also kind of like, it's, it's I hate saying this because it sounds very disrespectful, but it's like undoing a lot of how we were raised because mm-hmm. even our parents are not perfect. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say They are not, not perfect. perfect you know, we're not perfect parents. Exactly. Like we, we're going to make mistakes and we're... So it's you know, undoing a lot of yeah, that trauma that like they unintentionally the put us through. So yeah, yeah, it makes and then perfect sense. You can sense. take some of those traumas if you haven't identified them, and you can project them on your own children. That's true. That's very true. So, but the, like there's yeah. the cycle right there. It is. That so. is, and it takes. That's why it takes people to do such deep, introspective dives into themselves. That honestly, dude, it's it's scary. It's it's one of the most frightening things that you can do is when you're alone with yourself and your own thoughts, and you see yourself for who you really are. Mm-hmm. It's fucking scary. It's frightening because you see how flawed of a human being you actually are. But what it should bring about, though, is a little bit more forgiveness and yep. mercy. And and you mentioned that point, and I think about uh, like as soon as I get to that, I go, well, you know what? Everybody else is dealing with those problems too. Yeah, everybody is. Yeah. And, well, and and I would say to be fair, though, it's are they dealing with it? Or are they just throwing well, it to I, the I side? It's a generalization. Like I yeah. think that everybody has. Oh, yeah. Everybody's going through something. And, yeah. and it's, I think once you realize that everybody has that, have you ever heard of the, the thing where it's like, okay, if you're, you got a hundred people lined up and they go, okay, everybody dump all your problems into this pile. Mm-hmm. And then they go, all right, now pick a problem up and you start shifting, you know, looking through the pile of other people's stuff. And you're more likely to pick up your own again, rather mm-hmm. than somebody else's. Oh, I, didn't, I never heard that before. You haven't heard that? I was I was already of the mindset of you're going to pick up a problem it's going to be just like yours because everyone yeah, pretty much like, has the same like, fucking problem. Somebody's got uh, somebody's going through a divorce. Somebody uh-huh. has cancer. Somebody's this or that. So you're going to be more inclined to pick up somebody else's no, problem that matches, or you're no, going to pick you're your own. Pick up your own because once you start to see what everybody else is dealing. with, Oh, you you're realize like, oh, it's not maybe that bad. My stuff's not oh, bad. gotcha, gotcha, yeah. gotcha. Yeah, there's something to be said about that. That people talk about like, okay, so uh, is it's like toxic positivity. It's like, mm-hmm. I have nothing to complain about, you know, because yeah. I don't really have it that yeah. bad. Look, yeah, you can. You know, everyone has problems. It doesn't make yeah. you, you know, there is, okay, of course, someone fighting cancer has a lot more to complain about than somebody that's maybe not making the bills. Yeah, your health, 100%. But I don't think that we should um, take from ourselves the 
the process of kind of complaining because there's a saying in the military, when a soldier stops bitching, that's when you got to start worrying. (laughs) When that dude stops fucking complaining, something's wrong because soldiers bitch, we fucking bitch. And you should be because the army's fucked up. So it's kind of like when you stop giving yourself the ability to verbally express and criticize whatever it is, uh, it's it's therapeutic. Now there's a difference in be like, oh, life fucking sucks. Blah blah blah. Now you're just being a bitch. Now now you're not being you know you're not going to do anything with that. There's nothing constructive. Um, but I, you're right there. You know when you do look at other people's problems that they're battling, it can make it a little bit. It, it puts it in perspective a lot better. But I would certainly never minimize minimize your own problems in in comparison to other people's because everyone has their own journey they're on you know everybody has their own issues they're dealing with it doesn't make them any less value or any excuse me less important but yeah i will never sit there and say that having fiscal problems is any more is more important than someone like battling for their life like clearly there's more important so Mm -hmm. but no it does make sense it's a good it's good to have perspective on that yeah it is i never heard that that example before never heard it before it's Mm. I've always found that one a little interesting because it's like, yeah, you you can feel so depressed at times, you know, with your problems. But yeah, man, there's there's some people going through some serious shit. It's also very interesting when you give your problems some time. Mm-hmm. You said before, like, well, how do I how what, what fixes this? Like time, time fixes everything. Time has a way yeah, of ironing out every wrinkle in your life if you allow it to. They talk about like an emotional response versus an emotional reaction. The only thing, the only independent variable there is time. Give it time for your mind to stew on it, to think about it. But a lot of these issues that we go through or say like, for example, they always say sleep on it. When you sleep on it and you wake up, then isn't it interesting how when you're you're dealing with like even in the business, like, you know, like we might have a big problem or some shit like that. And it just seems like motherfucker. And then you sleep on it, you come back, it's like, it's actually not that bad. Yeah, it's not that bad. This is how we're going to fix it. Exactly. So. The only thing there is it gave yourself some emotional cool down time to let your brain relax, yeah. calm down, refocus on the problem. But instead, if we just instantly, like men are, and this is one of my biggest things for, that I had to work on was when you see that problem, we instantly have to fix it. That's my problem too. I instantly want to fix it, especially if it's uh, personal. If it's business yeah. and stuff, I'm like, <clears throat> I, I first I go, how much time do I have left to fix it? <laughs> I'll remember that motherfucker. No, 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 no. You're right. You're right. It's one of those things that, uh, like we talked about before, women don't want men to fix their problems emotionally. They just want them to shut the fuck up and listen. But men, we have to get it through our heads that when she is venting to us about work, about life, about her period, about whatever the fuck it is, doesn't matter. She doesn't want you to fix it. She just wants you to listen. That's why women go to other women. They do that. Women don't fix each other's problems. In fact, they probably cause most of their own problems because they're very competitive creatures when it comes to women on women. But with men, you're the provider. You're the leader. She is venting to you. I find it funny because I think a lot of of women will identify with what you just said. It's like, I think the saying goes something like, I'm going to butcher this, but it's like women have problems because they listen to other women yeah oh yeah and oh bro I, yeah. every single look at look at the beauty standards in our society where did these baboon lips come from yeah, i don't know that wasn't I men can, i can tell you men this for me personally i do not care for that i think that shit looks ridiculous mm-hmm. i've seen so many of these women 
that injects so much shit in their lips, their lips look like a baboon's butthole. It's there's, disgusting. There's a, there's that comes from other women. Yeah. There are beauty standards that evolve from these stupid apps like TikTok. You know where that stemmed from, though? The duck lips for the Pringles can. Remember that? Yeah, they put they a Pringles can. products for that. Mm-hmm. And, and there's a difference in cosmetic procedures for women that have like really thin lips. That's fine. Yeah, if you want to like get to a yeah, point where it's okay I get that. and acceptable, but it's like but then the body dysmorphia kicks in, and you see yeah, these women with go, clown face. You go too far, yeah, mm-hmm. it can get really bad. Sheila does that for a living, and the you know it's a very very slippery slope mm-hmm. because they have a right to refuse service to a lot of these women that are addicted to fillers. They're addicted to Botox, and it's it's truly body why dysmorphia. Do think, why do you think they do that? What causes them to to want to do that like, acceptance at the core of it it's got to be acceptance acceptance of men do you think acceptance from anybody to, to do that? the fact is they don't accept themselves for how they are so they want other they, they it's so kind of like validation do what society's trying you know they like like what's the drive <clears throat> really? you know go, go beyond the go beyond validations like where does that come from i feel like i can't even honestly answer this because women think so much differently than men when it comes to cultural things mm-hmm. Like fitting in. Because I don't think what's men, trending. Don't think men, men don't fucking care. I don't think it's men telling women to go. Hey, put on a lot of makeup. Because no, I prefer. No. I prefer minimalist yeah. makeup as possible. Yeah. Do, you know, because I think if we're getting into this subject, it's like here. Don't cake it on because we. Can oh tell. hell no! Yeah. We can tell the and first date we're going to a fucking swimming hole, bitch. Like we're gonna go to a swimming hole and you're gonna you're gonna get all that shit it's, off it's your face. Yeah. That's when like on a first date. That's one of the first things I notice. How much makeup are they wearing? And what's the reason behind it? What's the reason? Why are you it? trying to cover up your? It is true because I think like in society and culture we go through these these massive fluctuations for a while. There, I want to say in like the mid two thousand, there was, it was everything's makeup, everything's makeup. Yeah. So now it's more minimalistic. Everything is like how much. A little rouge, little lipstick, little iron, just a smidge. Yeah. But yeah, I have been with women that they cake it on and it looks like pancake mix. And I tell them, it's like, it is not attractive at no, all. it's not. It does a reverse. It does. But again, they don't get that from men. That's not yeah, from men. That's be. from other women. Women don't, this is the other, it's true. Women don't dress for the men. Women dress for other women. You know, it's, it's funny you mentioned that. It's like, do you... This this is gonna be hundred percent true. You know, women will talk shit about other women behind their backs. Oh yeah, men don't do that. No, nah. men don't fucking. Go. Well, younger men do younger because men yeah, do, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. You know, Older men, that's a high school thing. That yeah. is such a fucking high school thing. It's like because I would like look at somebody like be friends to each, their faces, and oh, then yeah. they'll turn around and leave. They're like that bitch. Yeah, that fucking bitch. Yeah, men yeah. won't do that. They'll just call you an ass. If they call <laughs> you an ass to your face, that means they like you. hundred percent. Yeah. There's this woman I dance with. Her name is Gina. She's actually from India. Very. She's actually a novelist. She's a published novelist, mm-hmm. and she's very well known. And she's a very wonderful, sweet woman. Her husband Ragu was a really good dude. He's a uh, he's a doctor. And they're very well off. They work very hard. And I always fuck with her. I always fuck with her because she's got a person that she's like, she's like the mom I've always wanted. She's a mm-hmm. sweetheart. But Gina one day told me, she goes, I know why you mess with me. She goes, why? She goes, because you really like me. I was like, yeah. She goes, I know men. It's like, you're hundred percent right. And if you can figure it out, yeah. I wish other people, and the men get that. If men, the guy's roasting you just a little bit, they like you. It's because that's, that's, that's a, a show of affection and a not gay way i guess you know tyler i really love you man yeah. where's like bro your, your beard looks like you catch some semen in it bro yeah, i was like yeah he's fucking with me i got it i got it <laughs> well i mean i think I, I was i was saying that goes for like men if they're roasting another guy mm-hmm. it's like and even a woman like it's it can be seen as flirting but you know yeah like yeah for sure know, i think i think you have to have that as well like if you like somebody you gotta roast it, just a little bit yeah women are deaf but they roast them because they hate that bitch 
And uh-huh. the hate is usually, it stems from jealousy in some yeah, way. it's all jealousy. And the fact yeah. is that women are so intelligent emotionally, they know it's jealousy and they hate mm-hmm. themselves for it. So it's kind of like you've identified the reason why and you hate yourself, but you also allow yourself to experience that jealousy because why? I don't fucking know. Mm-hmm. So to answer your question, I don't know why women do it. Women, I think if women unlocked the brain that is actually Pandora's box, it would scare the shit out of men. Because the shit that Sheila tells me that she thinks sometimes, she she overthinks a yeah, lot. Yeah. And I have to rein her in as a like, baby, you are overthinking this. Especially when it comes to something like she might be perceived about as how I think about something regarding to her. It's like, mm-hmm. you're overthinking. I will tell you, I'm being honest with you. I do not think like that. You're projecting your own insecurities right. onto me. I'm Stop doing that. that. A lot that I'm trying to date is like, I, I do, I can't agree with that. I think a lot of women overthink. And oh, men, fuck men, yeah. men don't tend to do that. I think we do it in a different way. Yeah. I think like with shell shock, I overthink, okay, okay. What if this thing goes tits up? What's the next plan? What's the next move? Well, yeah, that's, that's just you being. That's, that's a business that's thing. A, well, but I think women make it more personal. Yeah, for them it's personal. It's very, very personal. And it, it affects their personality. It right. affects their, their outlook. It affects their level of happiness. I don't think men are like that by, by and large. Not none. Uh, maybe, okay, well, if, if women are doing it personally, then men are doing it. Professionally. Professionally. Yeah. Yeah. With the ulterior or the ultimate reason of being, am I going to be able to provide? Yeah. So, but women, yeah, it's, it goes back to the thing of half the shit, half the drama, half the stuff that they bring upon themselves. That's why these feminists, I don't understand. It's like, you're your own worst enemies. It's not men. It's not men. When was the last time you saw a man parade trying to fucking degrade women and say, get back? Men don't do it. We're working. We don't, we ain't got time for that. We don't fucking care. I just think that these women, they create these problems. Honestly, if we look at like fourth wave feminism, which I think what we're in now, it's like you're just wanting to fight. It's all it is because you don't have a man that's gotten you under subjection because you want to be out there, be so independent. Fine. But we're not your enemy. You are. You're your own fucking worst enemy. You want to go out there and work? Go fucking yeah, I work. Mean, I've even seen women attack those women. They're oh, like, yeah. Hey, shut up. We, yeah. You know, we're yeah. Not, we don't agree with that. Yeah. I more, mean, more, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think most men and women want to fall back into traditional. It's, it's definitely making a comeback. If you see on, and you know, the reason I reference TikTok is TikTok is what Gen Z uses, what yeah. the younger generations, our generation uses Instagram, somewhat Facebook, but mainly the boomers are using Facebook. So you can get a pulse for societal norms, I guess you could say cultural norms, but on TikTok, there is an emergence of traditionalism making its way back into relationships. And these younger women are like, they do these, these podcasts, that fresh and fit podcast. I can't watch the shit. It's like drivel of the mind. It's like listening to rap over Beethoven. I cannot subject myself to listen to that trash. I can't. But when I do hear these things and I hear these women that are in their like late teens, early twenties, and they're dressed very provocatively, um, and they say some of the most ignorant shit, it's because they they haven't been wronged enough. You haven't been burned enough. You haven't been with enough fuck boys. That's absolutely true. When you get fucked over enough, you're going to start protecting yourself. Yeah. But right now you're in that infancy stage of I'm fresh, I'm young, I realize what I have. I was like, okay. Until you get your heart yeah. broke a few times and that dude doesn't call you back, then you start putting those barriers in place and then you start that emotional yeah. journey. I don't want, And that's why I don't get why men want to date younger women. I can't do it. I cannot do it. Not that young. Like I'm, I'm almost 40. Yeah. I would never date a woman in her twenties. There's no point. We have such a disconnect. Yeah. Such a, what are we going to talk about? Right. The sex will be through the fucking roof, but once it's over, what do we talk about? Nothing. We have no connection find, unless she's a, a fluke and she's just very mature for her age. Yeah. I mean, I find like 28 is 
Yeah, late twenties, early thirty. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, because what we're four, three, four years apart. Well, yeah. so it's like yeah. Leonardo DiCaprio. That's a that's a he common thing. Every twenty-five, <laughs> you will not yeah. date women over twenty-five. And it's like, look, I'm not knocking the dude. Hey, she's of the age of consent. No Do what you want, yeah. but. But if a woman does it, she's suddenly empowered. Oh, she's a cougar. That's good for you, girl. Get yeah, you some girl. You. Yeah. Dude does it. He's a predator. What the fuck? It's free choice. Mm -hmm. But the thing that I question about Leo in that is, uh, it's like, okay, but why do you do this? What is it about these women? And honestly, I think it's because they're more impressionable. They're going to do what you want. They're not going to give you any pushback. They're not mature. They haven't figured life out. You can do what you want with them and throw them away. A mature woman, you're not going to get that with. They will not let you walk all over them. They refuse to. That's why you see these right. older women. There's a lot more older single women because they will not they will not deal with a man's bullshit, an immature yeah. man's bullshit. They will shut the door and, on you. And I find it really hard in dating in today's world just because there are so many men out there that are just assholes and they ruin yeah. it for the rest of us. Yeah. Yeah. And then you, that's you the hard part of dating women yeah. that are very desirable mm -hmm. and they have been burned in the past yep. and they are like, you know what? I'm going to be single now. And yep. you never know for how long they don't know for how long. Yep. And it's just like they, you know, you can be the nicest guy to them. You can be the best yeah. perfect fit for them and yep. they still will not date you. Yep. hundred percent. And, it's, and it's, so it's defeating. It's defeating. But at the same token though, there is no fix to that. That's just no. time. Yeah, yeah. That That's one of those no. things that yeah. as men, there was this one woman I really wanted to go on a date with. We matched she had her Instagram up and I really, she was probably the most beautiful woman I had seen at the time. And she wouldn't respond. She matched with me. She wanted to go on a date, but we couldn't come to find out. She was kind of like a party girl. It never would have worked, Yeah. but the timing didn't line up. And that's one of those things you can either attribute it to fate, destiny, if you believe in that sort of thing, but there is a reason for it. Yeah, there's a reason. There, there has to be a reason for it. But yeah, you're right. That's and I think honestly, that's probably the hardest part of dating. That has got to be the most difficult find one part. That you of, do like and you try to pursue it, and you get shut out, not because of yeah, you, but because yeah. of, of somebody else's bullshit. Somebody else's bullshit. But again, that comes back because now you got to make sure you don't do that to another one because of somebody else's bullshit that burned you. So it's like, well, yeah, I, I, I I'm not saying you do that. I'm right, just saying right, that yeah, everybody, think, everybody. Know, I've, I've thought about that. I'm like, I do not want to sit there and project what happened. Yeah. with any relationship onto the next one. Yeah, it's not fair to them. It is not fair. It's like you get a clean slate and I'm going to learn what I want, <clears throat> what I need to from that. Mm -hmm. And, and you know, kind of... It's called compounding trauma. Because yeah. if you think about it, the trauma that you experience, the bad taste that you left, that you had left in your mouth from that previous relationship, say like you go to the next relationship and you apply it to that one. Now you've taken the damage from that previous relationship, previous relationship and put it onto her. Now she's damaged. Mm -hmm. So the woman that fucked you over in the past you now allowed her to fuck over this woman. Mm -hmm. And then you two break up. She carries that emotional trauma. So yeah. it's 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 basically, uh, you know, when you see people that have been in multiple back-to-back -back relationships over a span of however many years, that's a big red flag. That is a massive red flag. Maybe. Because what if they're just not meeting the right ones? No, no, no. I'm talking about, I'm talking about like they are in monthly relationships. Oh, monthly relationships. Monthly relationships. Very short relationships yeah, over that, and over. Okay, that's, diff yeah. that's a big that's, one for me. Yeah. Mm -hmm. now, now, I've been with one woman that, you know, she'd been married for a long time. I was like, uh, yeah, long time. Yeah. No, absolutely. That's fine. Yeah. Sometimes, I mean, you know, people grow together and they grow apart. I get yeah. that. But if you're in these very serious committed relationships for two months, you end it, two months, you end it, it's like, uh, no, something's off. Something is off. Like, I don't know. I just, I get a weird feeling from that. They're, they're the, uh, 
what's the word I'm looking for? It's like if that happens and it's like, yeah, you're the one person that has these that has five or six, seven, eight, two year or two month relationships. Yeah. It's like, okay, maybe you're the problem. Maybe you I call it the Taylor Swift effect. Like you you sing Taylor all these songs about all yeah. these dudes, but the only independent variable is you. Yeah. Maybe you're the problem and yeah. they don't want to deal with your bullshit. Exactly. I don't know. But that just also tells me that woman has not worked on herself emotionally. Maybe right. because I feel like I feel like and they always say like all the good ones are taken. Yeah. There's a lot of truth to that. There is. There's a lot of truth to that. There's a lot of that truth to that. If these people go through all of these this process these processes of bettering themselves and making themselves more appealing for their partner, or whatever, a high value dude or woman is gonna scoop that person up in a uh-huh. heartbeat. In a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. Like you so, told me, you know, you said what I'm looking for is rare and they don't last long. They don't. They don't stay on the market for very long. They don't. It's like you gotta put yourself out there and put your feelers out there when you find her. It's like you can't rush into it, but I think real recognizes real. Mm-hmm. So when two people that are emotionally at the same level and to an extent, to a degree, um, maybe not like in their growth, but they're on their journeys, they recognize that in each other. And it's kind of like, it's okay. It's cool. Yeah. So I don't know. But I, I just think that, yeah, what you said about time, that's a motherfucker. That's a motherfucker. Especially it's like you're sitting there saying, look, but, but let's let's go deeper on that one. Then we got to go because there's, there's something to unpack on that. When you see that woman, the first thing you see is her looks. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. lust-driven. It's, it's lust-driven. It's driven at first, yeah. And that's the part that men have to be able to get over the fact of like, yeah, she can be the most beautiful woman in the world, but you don't know anything about her. So why do you crave her so much? Mm-hmm. That's lust. Mm-hmm. Because I think I, I did go on this one day, this woman, a fucking smoke show. Oh, my God, smoke show. And then I picked her up, which was kind of a red flag for me. I was Why like, I would, any woman that would give a dude her address on a first date to come get her and the fact that she would let him pick in him up. World. Oh, hell no. Not in today's world. No, we are not living in the 1950s. We are full of rapists and pedophiles. I've, I've experienced both ways where like they get offended if you don't. And then other ones are like, no, no, we're not doing that. It, it tells me that she's too trusting right off the bat, mm-hmm. but complete smoke show. We went to a, a local restaurant and it, there was no connection. She had all the looks, but no fucking brains. None. Couldn't, just couldn't resonate with me. I, I just, like, we have no connection. We fucked. We totally fucked. Sex was incredible. But there was no emotional connection. So I was like, there's nowhere I can go with this. Because, I mean, eventually, dude, like, once you've blown that fucking load and you're left sitting there next to her, what are we talking about? Clarity after that. Yeah, you get that. Oh, they're, they're, that's true. That nut clarity, that post-nut clarity, it's a real thing. It's a real thing. But I don't know. Yeah, that's, I mean, it's... Well, this has been interesting, bro. This has been interesting. I'm glad we had it. Like, Tyler, for those that are listening, Tyler walked in. We were talking about this. Like, we need to record this because I feel like this is a very in-depth, interesting conversation because we've had a lot of these conversations. And he's been meaning to come on the show and talk about it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, he's been a little bitch. But now he's he's, he's finally done it. You know, I, you know I, mean? I like to remain. Who knows? Uh, if you want to DM Tyler, he's on Instagram. <laughs> if you're single and you want to DM yeah, Tyler. I am single as well. So what's your Instagram go. they can find you? Uh, Tyler Ammon. There you go. He's got a beard, ladies. And he's got a job. He runs a lot of shit around this motherfucker, so he's ambitious. There you go. If that doesn't get you laid, dude, I don't know what will. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. All right, y'all. Y'all take care.